This is the Gambling Gauchos. Hey, if we keep playing and fighting for each other, and no matter what happens, we just say what's next. That's all we do. Somebody turn on some damn music! You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need, money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be the day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro, the money line matadors, the casino cowboys, Parlay picket doors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. With the gambling gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome to the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson, live on YouTube, the Cardinal Sports Center studio. You can gear up for any event at the Cardinals Sports Center, online or in person. Joined today by Tech Hoops guy, overall statistician. How you doing, man? Doing good. Just got back from Houston. I'm yeah, from the Shiners. All uh, all six games we watched yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was at the I was at Minute Maid. I got there at five thirty and left at twelve thirty. So I was there seven hours. Yeah, that's almost as long as our podcast intro. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah, this is an operation. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> when we get I've it never going, seen this, this platform that we're on, Streamyard, it looks good. Yeah, I've got an intro that seems professional. It's, it only works when Rob is around. Um, I tried to do a stream last night and. I'm I'm wise beyond my years in terms of technology, or old beyond my years, I guess. Not wise, and so I just had to do a Twitter Spaces because I don't know how to do this stuff. So that's all, Rob. Did you realize that empty stream was just sitting there for 24 hours? Yeah, I <laughs> figured, waiting. but I, I didn't know how to stop it. Just so. waiting to be started. What can you do? You said a line there that really describes us well. Seems professional. It's just a very base layer. <laughs> Comes it, across that way. It's true. Seems, seems being the keyword. Uh, all right, so you went to two of the games this weekend. I went to all three. The Rice game, yeah, I don't know. We can kind of talk about it or not. It's it's tough to go from Gonzaga, Western Illinois Air Force to an ace that Rice had, and be prepared. But I thought you played well against Michigan for the most part. I thought you played against A uh, and M really well. What were your main takeaways uh, from the series this weekend? Uh, yes. Like I said, we ran into a guy, Rice, and I've been watching him. He threw really well against Stanford, and Stanford's got one of the best lineups in the country. Um, and he's kind of a weird story. I guess he was like their catcher last year, and he played uh, and pitched well or pitched a lot on the, the summer ball team that some of our guys are on. I think Bazell and Cash were on the same team with him. Um, and so I kind of – I thought we would hit him. We would knock him around a little bit, but he – but I was impressed with him. And – but my biggest takeaway was the the ballpark. I thought 
uh, kind of screwy when you play in a major league ballpark and they had the, the roof open. And so there was often some, some wind, but you know, we hit balls throughout the weekend that are going to be a home run in 90% of the field parks you're playing in. And they were not uh, this weekend. And it's like, we hit, I think cash had one against rice and he had one against AM last night that, if you're playing in a college park, you, you probably win the game. And then you can nitpick and say, well, maybe they would have hit some too, but I was there and I, they really didn't, you know, it was, it was kind of us catching those, those kind of breaks. And in fact, rice, the wind was blowing out to right. And they had lefties that just barreled up some balls. You know, we, when Girton's throwing 98 miles an hour, if you, if you barrel the ball up and, and it's in the right side of the park, it's got a chance of going out. It was so long, long winded version of like, we kind of got unlucky. Like the park did not help us. In, in any way and the first game or the, the one we lost that that was my takeaway. Cause I thought we uh, pitched really well, very impressed with our, our pitchers on the weekend. Yeah. Even when Gert ran into trouble, there was uh the mishandle uh, there at second base. Uh, I don't remember who it was. I guess it was um, Tracer Lopez maybe, or no, it was, it was a throw from Bazell that was low. Uh, yeah. That would have, that would have gotten him out of the inning. And so you kind of extend him there, and he settled back in. So I have no qualms with any of the pitching. Uh, even after the A&M game where Damian Bravo has the rough ninth inning, Tim Tadlock said afterwards, I wish we would let him throw his fastball more. Yeah, I, and I like Bravo. And what, what I've seen of him, and in fact, uh, when he was warming up, he was pumping strikes in, like, he was throwing his off speed and he was throwing fastballs. And like, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, uh, okay, this guy's going to be good. What this, I just saw there's comments on this. <laughs> yeah. We got, what, what did that say? This one, uh, tech hoops guy looks like a better looking young Ben Affleck, <laughs> like daredevil style. So I, I don't know how y'all do this, but <laughs> so we're live and people are commenting. So I've only yeah. been on one podcast and it's like the most rinky dink thing that's ever been created. And we don't have any of this stuff. This is actually, you got to multitask. Yeah. Sorry, um, I'll warn you next time I throw up a comment. <laughs> Kyle it, always it, gets distracted. It's tough, too. man. I've been doing this with Rob for a long time, and I still can't read the comments while I'm trying to finish a point. It, it's one or the other for me. I can't multitask. Yeah. Anyways, I like Rob. I liked what I saw from him. I'm, maybe we, we obviously left him in there a little too long, but, I mean, he's he's a freshman, and he's got what looks like a really good off-speed pitch, and he's throwing, like, mid low 90s, and he doesn't have, like, a frame that you would just think, oh, my God, this guy's going to throw hard, which – tells me at some point, I mean, he's only, he's going to throw harder at some, you know, next year and the year after I liked him. Um, that, that was unfortunate though. And it was a tough, man, you were there, those Aggies, they were doing all their cultish. Uh, it, that was a tough environment. Yes. I mean, when, you, when you're not throwing strikes, uh, they can kind of get in your head a little bit. Over the weekend, A&M showed up the most fan wise. I thought tech was probably the second most. Uh, and then Louisville. I thought Louisville had a good showing. Rice fans are sparse. TCU fans were sparse. Uh, but I thought Louisville, Texas Tech, and even even Michigan had some some a pretty good showing. They're a national fan base, I guess. But yeah, a little disappointed in what TCU brought. Did you see the final standings for not to not to make it a competition, but for the I did the money the the donations. Yeah, yeah we won. That's why yeah. I thought. Yeah, and yeah. we were ahead early, and we were down a little. Uh, rallied and came back, so that's that's nice. That's yeah, not really like that's not really like TCU's fan base to not show up like that. But um, relating to the pitching, not only was it a three game series, 
um, which of course you'll need to win some of those if you want to do something in conference play, do something in the postseason. You almost played two games on Sunday night into Monday morning, and you didn't use – correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Trendon Parrish appeared this weekend. Saturday. He threw Saturday. Really? Oh, well. he did? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Derek Bridges did not, and Bo Blessy did not. And so there's potential that as deep as your pitching looked through, what was that, 27 plus seven more innings, um, you know, almost four games this weekend – you've got potential, like your best starter and best reliever potentially are still out there. And so this could be an insanely deep pitching staff, uh, both starters and out of the bullpen, if everyone can get healthy and if they maybe live up to some of the preseason expectations. Yeah, and I thought Mason Molina had two really good innings uh, and then a couple more pretty good ones. Um, Again, impressed at all the starters. Um, I was not unimpressed with the pitching against A&M. In fact given up one run in the ninth inning where they have bases loaded, you, you really got out of it pretty well uh, to be tied there. Um, I was more frustrated with the bats in extra innings. Um, the the at-bats shortened up. I thought you uh, pressed. Even a guy like Dylan Carter, who, hey, man, you're, you're, you're in year four now, um, and he just did not look prepared for the moment late and he took his batting gloves off and there was some some mental challenges there I thought in a couple of his at bats yeah he had a big hit he did a big hit but you're I know it's yeah there was one about they were throwing they went to a freshman I think from Montgomery who had not pitched a lot and he was throwing and I, I remember having just thinking like here's Dylan Carter he's like a fourth year guy um this is a good spot for us you know uh, him facing this this guy who's just coming in and I think he ended up striking out. And he was mad about some of the calls that he was getting. Um, but, you no, know, you're right. We Some of our guys, you know, it's hard to be critical of our shortstop. I think our what did our shortstop position do uh, last night? I think it was six strikeouts at least. Yeah. Um, and w- Will Burns and, and uh, yeah, Trace Lopez, both high school seniors. Exactly. So, yeah, and A&M, so they've, they've lost some games this year. They lost a series to Portland, and they lost midweek to Lamar. But – um, their Sunday guy was throwing like 98 miles an hour. And he's like a third-year guy. He was he threw a lot of innings in Omaha last year. Um, he's not just like some guy off the street. I mean, he this is a real deal SEC Power 5 like weekend arm. And it was our senior – our freshman – or our senior in high school slash freshman shortstops, they were over overpowered. And, they, I mean, they were clearly late on fastball. In fact, a lot of our lineup was overpowered by that guy, uh, which was not – not a great sign. I mean, we, we had some like Kevin Bazell not faced. Gavin Cash not faced. Um, even like Nolan Hester not faced by by that type of velocity. But it, that that was the first time I think that we'd really seen that this year. And it wasn't uh, it was not a, a, an ideal kind of debut against a, that kind of arm because if you're going to advance, you, you, you're going to face that. You know, you're going to eventually have to win a Friday or Saturday game in postseason against a guy that's throwing with that velocity. Yeah. And I have not um, seen Iowa yet this year, Yeah, uh, but they're nine and one. They're going to be a really no, good. No, I, yeah, have you been I paying was, attention? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so if you, so for some background, I bet college baseball. And so I keep, so the, and what I, my angle quote unquote is all pitching related. So the, you know, in major league baseball, if you bet it, the, the lines 
will have a pitcher listed, you know, and if you actually bet on a team and the pitcher is scratched, your bet's voided. Like you're actually betting on the, on that pitcher. Now there are some ways to bet pro baseball where you can bet it to where the, the bet won't be voided if the guy isn't starting. Uh, but obviously if you, if you've played baseball, if you just have a brain in general, the starting pitcher is a, maybe the most important thing uh, that that's going into the game and college baseball, especially early in the year does not account for the, the pitchers. And so if you can just, have an idea of who is pitching, you know, uh, like a team who they throw on a given day. <clears throat> and if you're able to match those up, you're going to be able to win. Actually, you're going to be able to win. It's, it's maybe the easiest sport to bet um, is college baseball. And so I was one of those teams that you really have to be aware of because they, they've got a guy who they're going to throw him Saturday. He's who was that uh, tied in for Notre Dame that pitched for the Cubs? Jeff Samarja. Jeff Samarja. They have Jeff Samarja. They have a, a, a receiver on their football team that literally throws 100 miles an hour. He's wow. he'll be the he'll probably be the best quote unquote stuff that we'll see like in the regular season unless we run into like some of the guys for Tennessee or LSU or Florida. Um, he beat they beat LSU, the best team in the country, with this guy on the mound. He's wild. He's like six foot eight. He throws 100 miles an hour, um, and he he's not a guy that's going to throw like nine innings because he's it just takes he's not very like economical, but. He's their Saturday guy, which means their Friday guy. I think his name is Langenberg. Very good. Then their their Sunday guy. His name is uh, uh, Marcus Morgan or something. I think he's a lefty that I that I've got on my list. Like if I have if I have a guy on my list that I'm like aware of that general, they're probably like a there's probably a hundred names and Iowa's got three of them, which is a lot for a Big Ten Big Ten team to have. So we yeah we're about to run into some really good arms this weekend. And, and then we're going to play a midweek game against New Mexico, who's good. And we just flew in. You know, it's not a very – and we pitched all the guys we were going to pitch in the extra innings. And so we're going to be starting a guy we – you know, we were, we were going to start Kyle Robinson in, in that game. So um, this midweek is not going to be very, any, any easier. Uh, so it's, it'll be an interesting week for Tech Baseball. Do you think Kyle Robinson worked himself back into the weekend since he did pitch? Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a good question. I, you know, I've always been fascinated with um, Tadlock. I think so in, in tracking pitchers, there, there are certain teams uh, like West Virginia's one that comes to mind. Um, Florida's another, they throw their best, their quote unquote ace on Saturday. And what, what you do is you throw, so you, and that you use your second or third best arm as a reliever and you throw him Friday and Sunday so you're really getting one of your best arms on Friday to close the game, your best arm starting Saturday, and then you can have your best guy coming in again on Sunday. And Tadlock has done that in the past. Remember, like, when did Gingery throw Saturday? I think we had Bird sell through Saturday. Now, right now, I think I have Mason Molina as the – this is not accounting for where the who you're playing or the park. As Mason Molina is graded out as the number one pitcher in the Big 12 right now. We're, who We throw him on Saturday. So – I, I, you know, we Tadlock does that. And and so I could see Robinson maybe going back to Friday. And then you, what you do is you throw Girton, you can use him to close out Friday, throw four or five innings if you need him, or he throws two and he throw him again Sunday. And, and then you have Molina on Saturday. I don't know if that's what we'll do. I think that was our plan coming into the season was to do that. I mean, that is uh, before Kyle Robinson struggled in the season opener, um, Girton looked really good in, in what essentially was long relief. I mean, he was yeah. more or less your de facto starter that day. But I do think I've always thought there's really some truth to like the same guy, the same day of the week, just looks better coming out of the pen instead of starting. And maybe Girton's one of those guys. And if he is, and you can use him out of the pen on both Friday and Sunday, 
uh, maybe that's a good way to get some mileage out of his arm while also leaving some of the other guys that are capable starters in the rotation. Yeah, and, and generally the the first innings are lower leverage, so you you know you can you can throw Girton like when you really want him, like when you have a one or two run lead on a Friday night. You know, like, okay, we can put him in in the sixth inning and he can theoretically close the game, uh, as opposed to throwing him early in the game on a on a Friday. But if you don't have somebody to you know to to start the game on Friday, then you got to you got to roll him out there. Which I think we we're maybe in between that because I mean Kyle, the I thought the radar gun there. Uh, was a like a more realistic than what you see at, at Dan Law because Dan Law everybody's throwing ninety seven you yeah. know when when we when they come out but uh you know they're like Trenton Parrish was ninety one ninety two and Robinson last night sixtieth pitch was ninety five I mean he he's got legit stuff I mean he, I I know I can see why we rolled him out there on the first Friday of the year uh, catching up on some comments. Uh, did you wear that same camo hoodie last night? No, I did not. Just wore it today. Uh, road trip hoodie. Short sleeves. It's nice. Um, Big Hint says, I call Tech Hoops guy Tech Baseball guy because he knows stickball. And then another comment that says you look like Ben Affleck. Have you ever gotten that before? I have never gotten that. I've gotten, the only thing I've ever got is Dane Cook. Um, <laughs> okay. And, I, and I've gotten that I look like a catfish. That's, a catfish. And like multiple people who don't know each other independently have told me that. So there's got to be, there's some merit to that one. I can see, ben, he, I can see Ben Affleck. I can see Dan Cook. I don't, I don't, I don't get the catfish thing. We need uh, somebody in the chat to give us a start bench cut Ben Affleck films for later in the episode. We can add that to the mailbag. Okay. Uh, and then Dwayne is back and uh, he, glad you're doing well, Dwayne. Uh, he's a longtime commenter here. Little beef with me, I think. I'm not sure. I can't really tell from his comments. He seems to like me, but then he throws backhanded compliments all the time. Uh, Kyle, from the broadcast, um, what did the what did the, the the guys there think about tech baseball? Both both uh, tech hoops guy and I were there. So, any any comments or suggestions that they made that made you think? Um, I was a little bit in and out all weekend because. I was unpacking at the new house. Um, they definitely sort of echoed the sentiments that we've heard for many years with just how Tadlock builds his lineups, which is the philosophy. If you can hit, we'll find somewhere for you to stand. You know, they kind of referenced that. And I think it was just a testament to how, how potent the lineup is top to bottom. And even though that didn't necessarily translate to a ton of runs, uh, like y'all alluded to, there were some really well hit balls that, you know, are maybe off the fence or, um, out of the park at a lot of the ballparks you're going to be playing at throughout um, the regular season. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of love for the the lineup. Um, but I was I listened to a decent amount of it on the radio broadcast, and so I wasn't really getting a uh, third party perspective. You know, it was the tech guys who called the game. So, unfortunately, I don't have a ton of intel there. Ran into Gus in the bathroom uh, during the game. So, if you wanted to know. Uh, any other thoughts on uh, the baseball weekend, uh, Tech Hoops guy? Uh, what's, I don't know what's going on with Owen Washburn. He's got to be hurt, right? I mean, this is a guy that started, it, I mean, from the beginning last year. I think he was a freshman All-American, and he just looked like a guy that uh, that you've seen over the years where you're like, this guy's going to play. He's going to be a 10th. 
top 10 round pick. He's going to play here a couple, when, as soon as he's draft eligible, he's going to be gone. And I, I mean, I have no idea. Something's going on. I, I was watching him. I mean, he's in the dugout and he's into the game, but um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's the issue is there. I know Gabe Charlson has played well. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'm just liking it at bat. I, he had right. it at bat, I think a pinch hit midweek against air force, but I mean, you play 30 something innings and you've got some guys hitting, um, you know, that are really young and that had not had very competitive at bats. And, and you would think he would get at least a, a shot, but something must, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, question Tadlock. Right. There's, but yeah, I thought, I just think that's odd. Well, especially with uh, Jarrett Curtis coming into pinch run and then getting a couple at bats in the end. I mean, he had played 16 innings. You, you had a lot of pinch hits. Surely he could have swung somewhere. Yeah, and they had a lefty throwing to, towards the end of that game, so it didn't make a ton of sense at that point. But, um, yeah, so maybe, maybe that was it. Maybe if they weren't throwing a lefty, we, we got just all out of sorts. We, we had like, Austin Green got hurt, and so he he's a switch hitter. And so we put in a younger guy uh, who I'm pretty positive is a lefty. We, we got so left-handed heavy um, that we, get, we were and we just didn't have any other button to push at that point. Yeah. Um, looking ahead to Iowa, you think uh, Tech can take two of three there? We, yeah, I mean, I would make it. We'd be, I would make us favored without a doubt. But we're we're a better team. Uh, they they have looked really good. They lost a ton from last year, um, like a lot. I, I thought they would not be very good, um, but they have looked good so far. And I think they won a series, uh, maybe even swept South Alabama. They looked really good in, in Round Rock, and they just got these three guys on the mound. Mainly one, mainly the Saturday guy. Saturday, so that'll be Molina versus this guy will be um, like one of the premier pitching matchups in the whole across the country. I mean, it really will be. Um, and you know, I like Molina was talking a lot of noise. I'm I'm liking against Michigan. I mean, he was like doing some extracurricular motions. Um, so that'll that'll be good. I mean, yeah, so I'd make his favorite. I mean, we should we should win two out of three. I think you uh, split with him last year. Had a canceled game. Yeah, this is the return trip to Lubbock, so uh, should be good baseball. And then Big Twelve play. Um, what are your thoughts on some of the top teams in Big Twelve play? Oklahoma State, TCU. TCU look good this weekend. Uh, I believe TCU's they won good. two or three. They're really good. They are good. I mean, they're they're um, yeah. I, I'd say they're they're similar to us, but they've got you know what's what's interesting is um, a lot of the teams in the Big Twelve have done their Friday night guy is a transfer that they brought in. So Oklahoma state got arguably many people think he's like the premier transfer arm of this past like cycle. He'll, he'll be a first round pick uh, from uh, Long Beach or Santa Barbara, Warren Watts Brown. He's their Friday night guy. TCU has a transfer from Kansas. He throws a hundred miles an hour and he's their Friday night guy. Um, Kansas, their entire rotation is transfers. Uh, it, we didn't really tech didn't really do that this year. Uh, but though, like Oklahoma State and TCU probably have a starting pitching advantage over Tech slightly right now. I, I, maybe not Oklahoma State, uh, but their lineup is probably better. They have a very old lineup. They pretty much returned everybody from last year. It's it's Tech, Oklahoma State, TCU to me are a, a clear top three, and it'd be hard for me to. Uh, I would probably have Tech third, but it's very it's a very small margin. I mean, if you were putting odds, there would be virtually no difference there between those three teams. I really kind of need to look at. Because they don't, this isn't something you can bet. You can't bet on like who's going to win the uh, 
the regular season. It's not, I haven't looked at like schedule luck, you know, or who's playing where, but then even like Texas, I mean, I know they've lost, but they've got like their midweek guy. I watched them. They played LSU in a midweek this past week. And, and they've got a guy who's throwing like 96 miles an hour deep into the game against the best lineup in the country. Um, and so it's like LeBaron Johnson is his name. Uh, so, I mean, they've got guys that it's, it's, it's kind of, it's Texas, you know, it's a classic thing you always say about them in pretty much every sport, but they, now we know they're going to underperform because it's, it's Texas. So how do you kind of like gauge that too? But I would have them fourth um, behind those three and Kansas state is sneaky, not bad, which is uh, surprising because they lost a lot of people. Baylor is absolutely terrible. Yes. Kansas is, Kansas is not very good. West Virginia is actually competitive. They have, they have really good pitching. They've got, they must have a good coach because they always, they're, they're, always like punching above their weight. seems like very athletic team. Um, and so that's, yeah, that, I, I, I'm excited to see it play out. I probably should have looked to see like who plays where I'm not even sure like tech schedule of who we, like, I know we go to Austin. I know we get, we should get TCU and Lubbock. Um, Oklahoma State and Lubbock sound well. really weird because the four teams picked preseason as the four best Oklahoma State, Texas, TCU, OU, uh, we get those are the first four Big Twelve series that we play, and then the back half of the schedule, your final four series is Kansas, Kansas State, Baylor, West Virginia, in some order. So it's a very front-loaded schedule. At least if those preseason um, predictions come to fruition in any kind of way, yeah. So it's one of those things. Like if you can survive the first four series and be like five hundred, then you can make a run at it. If you can punch down at some of the lesser teams in the conference, yeah. Uh, OU has taken in my opinion, is a pretty significant step back. Uh, they, they did. They played well uh, this past weekend. I think they were in Frisco, and I know they beat um, Mississippi State, and they and it was a pitcher that I, I bet on Mississippi State. So I obviously liked Mississippi State in that spot. But, I mean, they have uh, – you know, one of their weekend pitchers is uh, Jamie Hit. Jamie, yeah, from Tech guy from last year. Uh, there's a couple teams, actually, in the big uh, – Kansas State's midweek guy is a Tech. Shea Hardis is his name. Um, but uh, yeah, o- OU is they're pitching, which is odd because they're kind of a their coach is like a pitching guru guy. But uh, they, they're not; it's not at the level of Tech, TCU, uh, or and UT and Oklahoma State really. Tech is interesting. T- t- like there's a there's a kind of a revolution in college baseball, really all baseball. And p- if you read message boards, people get frustrated with it. It's like a uh, something that people really nail Tech on from like tech fans perspective. And it's actually like something I like uh, in it's um, throwing hard. You're like, Oh, wow. You know uh, how, how that's not exactly like, it doesn't take a, a genius to think that to prioritize like stuff over command. And, you know, you'll see tech in these midweek games where we'll have a, an eight hole hitter will be up and, we'll, and it's like three Oh, and we're throwing sliders and it's two Oh. And we're, and, and we, we throw, we don't throw many fastballs. In fact, I was looking, uh, this was going into this past weekend against Gonzaga. The I think it was the fourth game is the fewest amount of fastballs thrown by a Power Five team in the entire country, and that that only includes TrackMan games. Wow! So the fewest wow. the fewest fastballs thrown by a Power Five team is Texas Tech versus Gonzaga, which is you know you, normally you'd see that maybe against if we're playing like LSU or someone, and we're throwing someone who doesn't throw that hard. No, our guys throw hard. You know, we we throw really hard and we throw sliders. And it, in, in baseball, that is kind of the, the movement is p- people that throw really hard, that move a lot, are tougher to hit. 
And even if they can't throw strikes that well, that's fine because sometimes batters swing at balls, and when they when they're on, they're on. So that you prioritize stuff over command, and Tech has done that for a long time. I mean, how 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 often have you you think back of some of these Tech pitchers where you're like kind of get frustrated about their abilities to throw strikes, but yet they throw really hard, and yet that's just that's how we roll, you know. And what I and what I like about our philosophy is we stick to it. So we when we're playing Western Illinois against their eight hole hitter. And we're putting our guys in these positions where they're having to throw off-speed sliders for a strike in a hitter's count. And it's because Tadlock is not trying to strike out, you know, Western Illinois' eight-hole hitter in, in February. He's trying to strike out Arkansas's three-hole hitter in the Super Regional when, like, you can't throw this guy a fastball. Okay, you're like, you're playing in, in Dan Law where if the ball gets barreled up, it's gone. Like, you, you can't just put one over the middle to this guy. You've you got to, like, throw something that has some break to it. Uh, and that, like, so we're just sticking to our, to our guns and it's, I mean, it's, you can't, you can't knock Tadlock's the success he's had doing this. Yeah. And that's another point just on the Bravo inning. You're not pitching him because it's A&M and it's minute made and you, you think he's the best guy to put out there. You're seeing if he can handle that situation in two months in big 12 play. Like you have to yeah. give these guys, especially freshmen, opportunities in big moments to see if they can cash in. I agree. So Exactly. And also, speaking of that, our guy got screwed, Jacob Rogers, a freshman. The guy we put in that had the errors, and he's from Friendswood. And I don't know if you if you noticed at the game, there were some guys down the right field line, and they were wearing maroon. So you would have thought they were Aggie, they were, but they were really in high school gear, and they were just going nuts when, when Rogers came into pitch. Yes. Uh, and it was, his family was sitting a little bit behind me. And he threw well. I mean, that, that was not his fault. You know, the way that went down was not his fault. Yeah, I thought he pitched well. I mean, he got two ground yeah. balls right to the shortstop. Exactly. Yeah. And, and our poor shortstop, he, he was sitting there for five hours with yeah. me. And then he's got to go out there and play, and the guy hits a sharply hit ball at him. Yeah. It's tough. Baseball is a tough game, especially when you're a senior in high school playing in Minute Maid against A&M in the 16th inning. Yeah. It's a tough game. Uh, I came away, even even how the game ended, I came away more impressed with Texas Tech baseball this weekend than I even was against Western Illinois or Gonzaga. Uh, really high on this team. Also really high on TCU. Also higher and higher on Oklahoma State as they go on. I thought they started a little rough. Um, but Oklahoma State at home, then you go to Austin, and then you get TCU in Lubbock. And then it's like North Dakota State on a weekend and Stanford – and then I think uh, in Norman, so it's kind of a weird yeah. schedule. Yeah. Um, and then, those as you said, Kyle, those re- the rest of them. So, I, I mean, mean five, five and six and three or five it would be outstanding. Those first three weekends sounds like if it's Oklahoma State, UT, TCU. I think five and four actually may. Well, you play two at two of those series are at home, mm-hmm. so you probably need to you probably need to win t- at least two of those series, and yeah. So if I gave you five and a half wins, oh, I think that would be it. I think that's a good. It'd be minus one ten uh, on both sides. I'd, I'd probably take the under, unfortunately, yeah. but but I but I don't feel great about that. That's that's a good line. That's going to be really yeah. tough. But again, it, it it also you're coming off a sweep against TCU. Uh, and then did you did you sweep Oklahoma State last year? There's no way. I think you did. In, you in did. Stillwater. In Stillwater. And then, and then yeah. Oklahoma swept you, maybe. 
Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, because because you were way behind in the Big Twelve, and then you kind of caught up because you swept Oklahoma State, and then they got hot again. Oh yeah, they were un- nearly unbeatable in Stillwater. That yeah. that kind of blows my mind. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, those are going to be uh, chippy, maybe <laughs> both those series. I think. You know, speaking of chip, you know, this team is not as chippy as you s- usually see a Tadlock team. Which is kind of it's so odd. His if you listened, you would never expect Tadlock his personality to create a team that kind of talks as much noise as Tech baseball has in the last couple of years. But but we have been like that has kind of been our uh, like our personality. But this team is not like that. They're they're much more, you know, they, they don't have like the no one they don't have the individualized like doubles celebration. They all do the kind of the the Lane Frost. They don't they don't have kind of the the same. You know, you don't have Jace Young like flipping off everybody when he hits a home run. I mean, it's a it's a little different personalities on this team. I was Except for Trendon Parrish. Well, I was gonna say yeah, yeah, some of the pitchers. Parrish. Yeah, Parrish is my guy for that reason. Yeah, he he's gonna let you know about it. And Ryan Free, Ryan Free gets a little hot too. He he does the exaggerated step over the baseline or the baseline. He does that. Yeah, yeah, I saw In that. The run line, he yeah. does like like it's a uh, like a High high rider like a tightrope yeah. or something. He's going over. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he does. Uh, but you, it's, it just because they're not chippy doesn't mean they're not energized. They're really right. focused and and excited. But I agree. There's not as much uh, shit talking. There's no nah. Jace Young. It, and Jace Young, you know, after the uh, slide home, the stolen home, uh, base steal is like dragging the crowd over to the Texas dugout. Yeah. To celebrate. Nobody's doing that this year, but. Um, I would assume that the TCU series will be pretty electric. Definitely. I hope. Definitely. Yeah. They've got some guys. Yeah. Yeah. That, it, that'll be a, a, a really big series. Um, in fact, I'd probably, I'd, uh, with us playing, having Oklahoma state at home, I would probably have the winner of that series after that weekend, the favorite to win the regular season championship. I don't know if, I'm sure Oklahoma State uh, gets TCU at home, considering what we just said. But uh, assuming that's the case, yeah. Yeah, and I hope that one – I, I kind of hope that series is early too, just so we can kind of see what's happening through the first half of the Big 12 and then kind of reassess with everybody else coming down the stretch. Uh, you mentioned earlier a couple of balls were smoked. Kyle, what do you prefer to be smoked? Some good old-fashioned Rahino barbecue, which you yeah. can find out in Olton, Texas, or going all across West Texas in their mobile food truck. Give them a follow on social at Rahino BBQ. Order ahead at RahinoBBQ.com. The lines do form early, and they're very long, so to make sure your food is there when you arrive, order on their website. But, uh, yeah, if you're looking for stuff that's smoked, head to Dan Law Field uh, in the bottom half of the inning, any given inning, or head to Rahino Barbecue. Pretty good segue there, Rob. Thank you. I try. Um, anything in basketball you want to talk about? <laughs> um, so I, I think we can jump past because Ryan and I talked about this last night, the whole like Mark Adams reaction. And I, I, I think he's going to be fired. Tech Hoops guy, if you disagree, you can counterpoint that. But l- l- let's assume that he's fired and you're doing a coaching search. Um, if you can go with me on that assumption – what direction do you want to see this go? Uh, that's a good question. Um, 
do I want to see it go or more most likely to go? Um, Give me both. Could be two. So I, I think we'll, the, the starting point would be Grant McCaslin, and that, that's the North Texas coach, Baylor guy. He kind of infamously sent his whole staff to Lubbock a couple years ago, and they carbon copied the our defense, and they've done it very well, like definitely better than us this year, arguably better than us. And no, not last year, but uh, they stole our defense like everybody else. And um, he's paired it with uh, McKesson was a name two years ago that people were talking about. And so I bet college basketball too. I don't bet it personally, um, but I bet four people um, some, I give them my baseball. They give me their basketball. And um, as a result, I'm familiar with some of North Texas is like, totals um and like you know we'll, we'll play kansas or we'll play west virginia and the total will be like one i don't know what maybe like 142 or something so 70 72 expected implied score north texas will play and their total will be like 107 so 30 to 40 points less are expected to be scored and that's comparing to a tech team that many will would claim can't run offense like he McCaslin's offense makes, and I said this earlier, makes Chris Beard's offense look like an N one mixtape, like in terms of the pace and the tempo. It's it's literally it's the, <clears throat> it's one of the slowest paced offenses you'll see. And I'm not that's not a knock because I don't care. Like I, most people, a lot of people care about. They want to see like points, and they equate a lot of points to running good offense, which is not always the case because tempo is a factor, right? Uh, but we're, they're not going to see that with McCaslin unless he just totally changes. So he, it's a slow – I mean, I don't think people who are clamoring for McCaslin quite understand what they're getting into from an offensive standpoint. It does, though. It, with Texas Tech and the offensive side of the last, let's say, six years, it doesn't necessarily feel deliberate. It just feels like a result of the defense. McCaslin's offense at least feels deliberate. Like, he's doing it on it purpose. Right. They're not just bad offensively like Tech has been. You're right. I agree. And it also – that what you're saying, that – pairs well with that defense if you're running it correctly if you're forcing them into a really long possession that's uncomfortable for them and then on the other end you make them like sit in a defensive stance for like 26 seconds every possession then that can be a grind and in fact that's what we did to people that's when we went to the final four like that's what we were doing to people um and so yeah but you 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 watch like if we hire him people are going to be freaking out when we when we when the scores when it's like a 43 to 42 game they're going to be freaking out. So other end of the spectrum, uh, philosophy-wise, is a guy with a similar last name, and I think people maybe get them mixed up sometimes. But Ben McCollum from Northwest Missouri State, and that's a totally. – it, it's a it's a jump because, you know, he's at the D2 level. But he's had tremendous success there, and he is offensively what all these defensive wizards are in their own right on the opposite end of the floor – do you think that's a jump he's capable of making? Is that something you have any appetite for? Yeah, when you when you asked me the question, that, that would be my pick, just because I think he's so unique and and what he's done at at the. I mean, people probably have never heard of him. His name is like Ben McCollum. Is his name? Um, yeah, I mean, people. If there's like an athletic article about him with actually Mark Adams quoted as saying like, yeah, this is like the best offensive mind I've ever seen. I think he's visited him and in, at one point even kind of courted him uh, as an assistant coach here. Um, yeah, I would do him. It's him and another guy, Pat Kelsey at Charleston, who is a very McCollum and Kelsey have a very similar philosophy um, in terms of pace and 
shooting threes a lot. He he actually signed Adonis Arms at uh, Winthrop. Uh, he plays a ton of guys. Yeah, I would I would my first call would be to that D two coach, and I think people would freak out about that. Like the, the first time that anything was going wrong, it'd be why do we have a D two coach? I mean, think of the uh, the arguments against Matt Wells. You know, it's it's he's never done it before. It's a it's not a power five guy. Uh, or or even Joey McGuire. Like, I mean, True. I think the people that were like diehard on the message boards and on Twitter knew who he was, but a different segment of the fan base was like, who is this guy? And yeah, first sign of anything going wrong versus NC State, they were like, oh, here we go, high school coach. Yeah. And so there would be some people that, you know, you'd have to win over PR wise, but, you know, I, I don't care about that. Like, I was fine to hire Joey McGuire and deal with that high school coach um, label. And so, if McCollum's the right guy for the job, um, I, I don't have any qualms with him not necessarily having coached at this level before. So I, I'm count me in the camp is very intrigued by that name. Definitely. Do you think McCasland? Do you think sorry? Do you think McCasland has uh, latrelled himself at UNT? It just happens that they're at the same university, but I thought McCasland should have left two years ago, and he kind of stayed there. Um, was not very good last year. Has not won a, a lot this year. I don't think uh, they could they have, have. They could have gotten hot in the last couple of weeks, but last I checked, a month ago, they weren't. Um, I guess electric. Uh, it's it's arguably it's arguably his best year this it year. Has it been okay? Yeah, it, it's his highest. I'm looking at this is uh, the the guys who bet basketball. I mean, th- th- this is uh, the best team they've got him having. It's not by a ton. I mean, it's just a slim margin, but. He's 25 and 6, 18, 16 and 4 in the conference. Um, he's got a top 30 defense. He's got a really good mix. You know, they're, they're not a one trick pony. Um, but I, I think you are, I agree that he's going to do that at some point, in my opinion. Maybe not. I don't know about conference realignment and, and if their conference is getting tougher or easier because that's, that's a bigger factor than his abilities as a coach. You yeah. know, if, you, if, he, if they squirrel around and, get in, and they're playing Memphis and SMU instead of, uh, Troy, you know, that's going to be a factor. Yeah, and they're moving you, up moving up to AAC, so. Oh, they are? Uh-huh. Oh, then he needs to get out. Yeah, he yeah. needs to get out of there. <laughs> yeah, that's much. Um, that's a football conference now. It, it has been, but it it is even more with Houston leaving. I don't know how feasible some of this might be, but, like, uh, Rob has his username right now is Will Wade Enthusiast, and mine says bring Sean Miller home. Um, those are two names I've seen that you're like, Hey, at least go kick the tires. I've seen Rick Pitino. Um, you know, let's like, I guess take all those, all those guys with baggage as a collective. Like, do you have any interest on trying to bring a Will Wade, Sean Miller, Rick Pitino? Like, cause some of these guys, whatever they did wrong, allegedly or confirmed three years ago is pretty much legal now. And so I think that's, that should be a consideration. I don't know if a guy like Will Wade or Sean Miller would take this job, but um, any intrigue on a name like that? Well, I'd almost hold that against him because maybe it was a competitive advantage when it was illegal and they were doing it when others weren't. Now everybody's doing it. Um, I, don't, I don't know a ton about Will Wade it's, it, other than their teams at LSU were amazing and they weren't that good. Or And I wasn't there that long, but like their players were amazing. I mean, they had better players than us without question. When we went down there and beat him uh, the year he was there, uh, but Sean Miller, I mean, that would be intriguing. We definitely like the media would love it. I think, you know, we would win the press conference with 
Sean Miller, I think. I don't think so about Will Wade and probably not with Rick Pitino. No. Uh, but, I mean, that's a good question. I, I don't uh, – it, it, deep down, even though I think it backfired this year for us, my I, I would like for us to have the coach that commands the, the most NIL money on a consistent basis. I would want to have uh, – because I, I just think, it, like I said, it didn't work this year, but I think more often than not in the new Big 12, um, if we are having – I think we have like our, this is our ceiling. I think we have this capability from a from a support standpoint. We will have the highest salary. We could have the highest salary in the new Big Twelve, Sands Kansas. So so take Kansas out, but next could be us if we have the right guy. Like if you have a guy like a, like a Chris Beard, right? Who who is that's really focused on that, um, and and that's to me like that that is our that's our po- most positive trait as a basketball program is we have this fanatical support who's willing to like pay a lot of money to bring in a basketball player here. Um, so like we need a, the guy that's going to leverage that the most. And so that, so, so from like a Ben McCollum standpoint, it's like, he's been a D two guy. He runs an offense. That's it's, it doesn't need a bunch of NBA players. It's a system, you know, it's kind of a leech esque type deal. Like this, like, does that make the most sense for a, a t- a team like tech with a high NIL ceiling to, to bring in a guy like that. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I really, I don't know, to be honest, but the guys y'all are talking about, I think would Sean Miller for sure. Sean Miller be one like that would really maximize our, our NIL opportunities in my, maybe in my opinion, I don't know if McCaslin would. No. Will Wade would, Will Wade would and Sean Miller would Rick Pitino would. Yeah, he would. He he absolutely would. Yeah. Again, I don't know if he would win win the the press conference, and you don't want to go from Mark Adams, who has had some uh, rumored allegations all year with you know off the court stuff. Really? Yeah, you don't what? want to go. You don't want to go from that to Rick Pitino, uh, or Will Wade, or uh, Sean Miller. Maybe I think Sean Miller's the cleanest though, because the NCAA cleared him. He, yeah. was, he did nothing he was wrong. Legit cleared. Sean Miller did nothing wrong. Bring him home. Yeah. Well, I don't know if home is the right word. But. I'm saying bring him home. He's probably never stepped foot in Lubbock in his life. No. Oh, well, but Arizona would come to the Big 12, so I guess technically yeah. it'd be the home conference. I, I, I know that – so, you know, when they do these interviews, they're, um, they put, like, a presentation together, you know, like these coaches. You know, you, you remember, I think, like, Joey had, like, this mythical binder and yeah. thing that he did that everybody, like, fainted. It was like those healers on the telephones where everyone's, like – you know, like the Shazam, like somebody was blind and came out of there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I heard McCaslin had one a couple of years ago or at some point he's got one that maybe his agent floated. I don't know if he did a formal interview, but um, he's got one that's like, I, I think I could, he wants the tech job is like confident. He can win big, has like a plan. Um, so I, I, if he gets an interview, it wouldn't shock me for them to, to like be very, you know, the powers that be to be very intrigued by him. Would you put him as the betting favorite to get the job? So everybody's so we don't have a basketball coach. Let's assume. Yeah. Um, yes. And actually, I probably ha- he'd be a betting favorite. Now the limits would be small, right? Right. You know, I'd only be taking like uh, small small limits on it because, um, but I would have him as the favorite. I actually I did that as an exercise during for the Wells hire, uh, and I had Dana as a sh- considerable favorite. And uh, I set uh, Bob, like, remember, I don't know if you remember, there was like a Bob Stoops run. Everybody was like, oh, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. yeah. I had him at like some 
20 to one and everybody was intrigued by the big payout. I took a, I ended up making, I got my ass handed to me, but if not for the Bob Stoops money that lost, cause I, I, I paid out, you know, it was on a uh, Red Raider sports. I was taking real bets <laughs> and I got absolutely murdered because some insider got me on Matt Wells. Like I, I just didn't think there was any way we were going to hire him. But. Yeah. I, I kind of remember that not to like go down memory lane here, but, um, the the typical candidates that like the fan base I think at least wanted to be front runners that were getting interviews was like Seth Luttrell, Neil Brown, Dana Holgerson, and there was like no momentum for any of those three, like no actual momentum from Kirby. It was like, and so yeah, Matt Wells' name was always there, and I was like, okay, surely then I can actually go with him. So like, who else is yeah is listed there? And then of course they did hire him, and I was like, well, that was a little bit out of left field, but, um, anyway, yeah, the rest is history. Uh, chat says, what about Ed Cooley? Providence guy. Does he have any ties? Uh, I do like, he, he, um, he has a very unique offense and I'd, I'd be making it up if I, if I said the name, it has a name. Like if you Google his hit, you'll like 50 YouTube videos will come up and he's got, he does something very unique offensively. Um, and he's got, uh, interesting physique and hair and he's i think he's like you know gonna have a towel and sweat and all that going on i, I honestly i never thought about him does he have any tie any a northeast guy i mean yeah um, does that matter but as much in, in basketball recruiting um no you're right yeah i, I do an ed cooley type name i'm curious now uh with realignment um you know if you're gonna see coaches that would traditionally be at these basketball only schools, maybe go to like the Jamie Dixon, you know, that kind of move um, because of the money, you know, I just, I just don't know how they'll be able to compete. Some of those schools will be able to compete with a a team that's not in SEC big 10 or big 12 or the ACC. Well, and if Arizona and Gonzaga come and Brett Yormark splits the, the big 12 payout for basketball and then football, and you have a legit basketball super conference, why wouldn't you want to come coach here? Yeah, I know. I mean, no, it's it's sneaky going to be um, – it's probably what, – what would you get? Maybe a top 20 job? I mean, it, people don't realize how it's it's better than – if you just pulled the nat, the average, like, national person, they would just be way off, you know? Yeah. Um, just based on re- realignment, number one, is going to help tech basketball. It's not going to help. Actually, I could make some arguments on tech football too, but it, it's going to help. The one thing that I'm certain of, it's going to help tech basketball. And I think, uh, I don't think the average person understands like the commitment that tech would be willing to make to somebody that would, that wins and wants to be here. Like they, that's, it's on a, it's on a, a level that's equivalent to just name the program. Like yeah, Kansas. I mean, it really is like on that level. And if you hired Sean Miller or, Let's say Will Wade. I, I'm mostly joking with that name. Maybe McCaslin, but certainly Sean Miller. Let's just say you hired him. You would pay him four and a half, five million dollars like you were paying Chris Beard, or at least get closer to that. It wouldn't be the two and a half million you paid Mark Adams because nobody else is coming after Mark Adams. Like there's right. some demand for Sean Miller, and can. you can't Definitely. pay that. And yeah. if he wins, you'll give him a raise because that's what Kirby Hooka do, does. I think that's what going back to like the misalignment from the national perspective to reality 
you know, the out from the outside looking in, people just assume that Texas probably money whipped Chris Beard, and that's why he left because they're a bigger school with more money. He took the same amount of money he was making here. Arguably, and, a pay cut. Arguably, yeah, I was going to say, surely our guys offered him more than he was making to stay. And he's, he basically probably turned down six with us to go make five and a half with them. Um, so yeah, in that sense, it was a pay cut, and he was going to make he was going to be making literal top five money. Had he yeah. stayed, like it was gonna be like Calipari, Coach K, Bill Self, Chris Beard, like maybe one other guy in there, and so, Huggins, and, and honestly, after the Final Four run, he was five hundred in Big Twelve play over the next two seasons, and we were willing to fork over that kind of money. So, yeah, for the right candidate, like this should be an enticing job because if you win twenty five games here, you, you will get paid top ten money in the country. Yeah. And really, it's it's actually it's probably um, total uh, coaches' money pool and managers and like annual budget, like that's the number that a coach would be more interested in. And that's the number that we would be like, you're saying as competitive as if you, if you command it, you know, if you deserve it, you're going to get it. You'll, you will get as much, <laughs> as much as you want, the, as much resources as you can possibly need or want. And, and like with NIL, I mean, that is uh, cause I, you know, in, in the past, like 10 years ago, I think there was a legitimate, argument to be made that tech was one of the worst power five jobs and it had to do with recruiting, you know, uh, because without NIL and without a beard like personality, it would be difficult to recruit to, to tech. And that was, and that was back when Texas, Texas basketball has changed a lot. Like DFW has suddenly became this um, like the best basketball, high school basketball in the world, in the, in the world, you know, you could, you could even say that. And so that wasn't really the case 15 years ago. And now it is. And so and now you've got tech willing to pay all this money in NIL. And, and it just it's crazy that the, the turn that if you just, found, you know, from now to 20 years ago, the difference is just insane. For, but, and then yeah. We don't even talk about facilities yet either. Yeah, that, that is a really good point. Like, I know that we're sort of insulated looking at Texas Tech, but TCU, I, I think I have this right. I don't think they've won. I don't think they've reached a sweet 16 since like the civil rights era. Uh, Baylor basketball was nothing before Scott Drew got there. They're winning a natty. Um, Texas Tech making a Final Four, making a national title game appearance. So, yeah, it has kind of been an entire statewide movement in a lot of ways. Um, And it's all been relatively recently. And you have some success at North Texas. You have Houston, who's been to some Final Fours. Um, Texas won a, you know, a, a tournament game. Did they? They did last year, yeah. Oh yeah, they they did, yeah. Wow. One one tournament game, Virginia yeah. Tech. Did they Virginia win two? Tech. No, they just won one. Yeah, yeah no, they, they, they lost, lost to Purdue. Second round of Purdue. They That's got right. a tough matchup. All right, you want to run through some uh, mailbag? Oh, I had one more basketball question. Uh, your thoughts on Corey Williams being named the interim? No, my my only thought is uh, to me he co- like uh, I think he coaches the most. I mean, you can. Cl- I've been to some games, and then even I think it was Oklahoma State on the road that we lost. Not this past one, but the one before. Uh, I mean, you, just from a random fan watching our bench, he he like wants. It just g- gave me the impression that he was coaching the, more than anyone, wanted to win more than anyone. So that from that that point, it makes sense. He's also the. Only, I think he's the only guy on our staff that, besides Sean Sutton, was a head coach. So. Yeah, I I also thought maybe that could have been a player thing. Like, hey, guys, who do you want to be the interim? Because 
when you're in that situation, you have two team meetings in one weekend. I feel like you're also trying to keep the team together a little bit. That's that's me inferring and, and looking into it and trying to jump some conclusions there, but that could be another thing that they said, hey, who do you want, Corey? All right, let's do it. Speaking of meetings, I heard uh, our head coach skipped a, a 4 o'clock meeting with the, the head guy today. Didn't show. No show. I don't know if that's true or not, but I heard it from a, someone who has been right uh, frequently. Our saying former, Adams skipped our a 4 for, o'clock Our with former Kirby. head coach? Yeah. That's what I heard. And, and like I said, it's from a guy that uh, – has been right on things that, that, that no one knew about. Just like one, for example, would be um, when Shannon was, had eligibility issues. He, he was the first person, and like, that wasn't public. Wow. And there's been other examples too. But. I mean, yeah. Rob, if we're, if we're going to engage in the rumor mill here, do we want to share what was screenshotted and sent to us earlier in the Discord? Yeah. Uh, somebody, I, I guess, with connections to the program said that like the investigation was done. I think the quote was it went how you thought it would or how you'd imagine I expected, it would. Yeah. I, so, I, have, I don't have any imagination of how it went really. I, other than I guess poorly. poorly. Yeah. I, I think they were coming from the expectation going in that it was more or less a formality and like they knew what the outcome was going to be. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty convenient. It's convenient for us, to be honest. Yep. So if you're someone who wanted him him gone, because I, I don't think anybody was willing to write the check. Well, what's crazy is nothing on anyone's account has been denied ever. E- even Mark Adams, who's talking to Goodman, Which immediately immediately after it happens, like, no, I didn't apologize. I just clarified well, and and the, okay. on the on the on the spitting allegation, the only semi denial he offered was what he said afterward, when confronted with that accusation of like, "Hey, did you say that that you told the player you can spit on whoever you want, whenever you want?" He said, "Well, I don't remember saying that." Which is not so, a de- that's not a denial. So he didn't say no, I didn't spit on him, and no, I didn't say that. Like huge cop, and I feel like you would remember one way or the other whether or not you said that to somebody. Yeah. And I, I made that point to Ryan when we were recording last night, but like, Rob, if you ask me right now, hey, Kyle, have you ever said to somebody that you can spit on whoever you want, whenever you want? I'd be like, I'm 100% sure that has never come out of my mouth because I don't say that kind of thing to people. Uh, I didn't get to be on with you all last night. Just two things here. If you have to tell a group of men that you are in charge of, at, like by paycheck in charge of, that there is a dynamic that they should be falling in line, you're not in charge. You don't have command. You've lost it. If you have to tell people you're in charge, that's like the Bane thing. Do you feel in charge, Mark? So it, the, the locker room is lost, in my opinion, just because he had to say something like that. Yeah. Or the at least with that one player, right? To that yeah. one player, yeah. Because he's obviously not in line, whatever. Just reading into it again. Also... If you are in somebody's face screaming, and I'm assuming there was a cough drop there because he did say I was sick, and then why did he say slobber? I, if someone <laughs> made that allegation, I would not use the term. I just a little slobber. That's, that's one of those old guy <laughs> things that slobbering is a little different connotation nowadays. I think, but he he's so he slobbers on a guy, and then here's how I feel like it played out. It's like, hey, coach, you know, you got spit on me. He's like, I can spit on whoever I want, just in the moment, like. He didn't hock a loogie on the kid. No. 
he's just screaming in his face and spittle is flying. And if he's sick, why is he in somebody's face anyways? Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to catch y'all's episode. So y'all actually went into this because this is tough. I mean, we've got it's like it's religion. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of some some tricky tricky yeah. water to navigate if you're trying to like give a, an opinion because i'm kind of afraid to to tell any like my mom was like called me today while i was driving back from minute Maid and i was very coy with her even even my own mother you know on yeah. in terms of trying to give my thoughts on this situation yeah i mean i without going like way into a theological discussion here i think i think reasonable people can understand the point he was trying to make. And like, there is scripture about slavery in the Bible, but there's also a lot of scripture about like teacher and student or apprentice. And, you know, so I feel like he could have made a very similar point. If he, if he really had to make the point with scripture, he could have made the same point about the dynamic of like student and teacher, coach and player without invoking slavery with uh, what is presumably a black player because 12 of the 13 guys on the roster are black. And I think it's been somewhat openly rumored who the player is. He's black. Um, it, so the most charitable reading of it to me is like inappropriate tone deaf needs more context. And if it's, even if that's the case, if you want to give it the most charitable interpretation, I think it does warrant an apology with the player. And Adams very explicitly said, no, I didn't apologize. Like, found out he was upset, and so I addressed it, but I didn't apologize to him. And that doesn't even go into the whole spitting thing. Also, just on the theology of it, in most of those instances, and I, I'm not going to get into, like, you know, Greek translations and stuff, but the, the verse doesn't stop with you should submit like a servant to its master. Everybody has a master. It doesn't end there. It goes on to say, and the master submits to God in the same way. So, Mark Adams, do you think you're God in the program? Like, that's my whole thing. Like, it just seems like a power trip to bring it in that. And if he's saying, you submit to me because I'm the God of the program, that also just rubs me wrong too because it's using a scripture to prove a point that has nothing to do with it. And... Again, not to get too far into it, into the weeds here, but people who use scripture out of context are generally using it for personal gain, which does not make it scripture anymore. It's just a platitude. It, it's, uh, it's also Old Testament, and so the New Testament is all about like abolishing the old law and establishing the new law, and so maybe it's time that we fulfill the prophecy there. Maybe so. And also, again... And coy is a good word, but if you have an illicit affair that everyone is talking about and knows about, hey, we hadn't talked about it, but let's just say it. If there's an illicit affair, allegedly, what leg do you have to stand on? Right? Well, I mean, so you, you know that uh, that was also justified with scripture. I was going to say, if we're talking <laughs> yeah. Old Testament here, he might be covered That's there. True. That's maybe true. he's just a very strict adherent to the Old Testament. Who knows? And maybe so. Well, there are I, there are new opinion, testament I options. Think if you're if you're that heavily reliant, um, you may be limiting the pool of players that you can recruit. If that's if if religion is going to form a, such a strong pillar of how you're instructing basketball, you know, I, I can see how maybe 
um, it would have it, its time at some point. But I, I just wonder if you uh, you're maybe limiting. There's only so many guys that are going to go want to play for someone who's quoting scripture to them. I mean, you, you're limiting your pool there. Well, and, and that's where like I am willing to at least explore the idea of like, OK, let's give this the most charitable interpretation possible. Maybe he and this player have had spiritual conversations before and he knows that they're on the same page in terms of what they believe um, in a religious sense. And he's used scripture to connect with this player in the past, all that. And maybe that's what he was just trying to do something that they've had successful conversations, productive conversations with before. And he just used like a horrible analogy. If that's the case, I think it still warrants an apology. Once that player tells you like, Hey, this was an upsetting comment. That was an inappropriate analogy for you to make. Like as the coach, as the leader of young men, it's your responsibility to earn their trust, their respect, their buy-in. And like Rob is saying, if you have to go to that length to like remind them and reinforce like, hey, here's the power dynamic, I'm in charge, then you probably haven't earned any sort of sincere or genuine respect or buy-in from these players. And so the fact that he wasn't even able to confront that response that the player had by saying like, okay, like I didn't think about it from your perspective, you're right, that was tone deaf, I shouldn't have made that analogy. But to just say, like, yeah, I figured out he was upset and I didn't apologize, even if we want to give it the most charitable reading possible, I still think it falls short. I, I'm, I'm curious, where do you rank? I'll put the the most contemporary examples of anything like this happening are uh, two or basketball, um, Creighton, Penn State coach. And are you are all familiar with what they're what they said? And then and then the uh, Oklahoma wide receiver so coach so OU wide receiver coach quoted a rap lyric that had a bad word in it so that's one um Penn State coach uh had a one-on-one conversation with a player and and was like now he had just like tackled somebody on film and so he was like catching some heat so there's some context there he tackled a guy one of his players a couple days later seven a one-on-one with the guy with another player and said hey you know tell me if something's coming up I'm just trying to ease you know, you got a lot of pressure on you. I'm trying to, uh, you got a noose around your neck is what he said. Uh, he got in some, some heat and then Greg McDermott, he actually got, he resigned the guy who said the noose around the neck and then McDermott, um, had a, you know, uh, you, you guys need to get off the plantation, I think was something he said. So where, those are the, those are the, we've got OU wide receiver, rap lyric resigned, forced resigned, Penn state guy, noose around your neck, forced resignation, McDermott, very successful, um, said, you guys need to get off the plantation, suspended. And then you've got Adams, currently suspended, and we know what he did. That, like, in terms of however you want to rank it, like, egregious, offensive, intent, combine all the factors, um, where does that rank? Where does Adams rank on those examples? Making it an isolated incident? Because y- you can't separate the power struggle Inside the program and yeah, around making it the isolated. Okay, well, isolated. Uh, I would probably put it less than uh, the lyric. Probably is the. I know what he said though. I, man, I don't know. So, uh, they're all kind of yeah. similar to me. I mean, they are very all... similar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd say they're. Uh, I I think those are good examples to like draw on, kind of uh, as comparable deals. Um, I think the the noose one might be especially um, provocative. 
I, I think the the lyric one, you know, you have the debate like that word is 100% off limits. Had players defending him though. True, and I think like reasonable people can say that that word is 100% off limits, and also say that there's probably not any malicious intent when you're quoting song lyrics versus like if you're calling somebody that name. Um, and so, again, this is where like yeah, you'd need to consider context and like, do I think Adams is this? crazy racist slave driver no but like that doesn't mean that it was an appropriate or okay comment in the context that it was said but yeah i think those are all like pretty pretty comparable um incidents to what adams is facing in my opinion because when i first heard it or when i first when this was my initial reaction was um like man this would this would be uh, i'm trying to use think of the, the right way to say this but i um uh, not weak or um, I guess I was surprised that there were other examples that were similar to this and that um, the consequences were severe, you know, not, not surprised that like it's wrong or anything. I just was like, wow, this is serious. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, like that was kind of my, uh, once I really kind of read some of those other examples, I'm like, Oh no, Oh no. You know, for, yeah. for his future. My first yeah, thought was yeah. there's gotta be something else. To what? Uh, my first thought was when that came out, when I read the press release, so there's got to be more to it. And evidently there was because, A, if he's not apologizing, if he apologizes, then I don't think we're, we are where we are. Well, what, well and I think, the, I think the spitting accusation is also like that is uh, – Rob, I think we talked about this after the Texas Bowl because Lane Kiffin – accused one of our players of that even though it didn't happen um but like i think you said it spitting on someone is like a symbol of the most like disrespectful contempt you can have for somebody spitting at them and if this was like a cough drop like a spray deal that's different than like maliciously spitting on someone um but to me it's the like both of these accusations related to the same player or at least we think and that he hasn't offered any sort of denial or apology for either is like kind well, of the tipping point. Was it not bizarre? Sorry, this is somewhat it's related, but that player, we had guys who probably played the most minutes on the team all year, our most reliable guys in the crunch time of the game on Saturday, do or die situation on the bench, Pop, O'Banner, and Harmon. And the guy who's kind of the subject of this was playing was the only like regular starter who was in the game. I, I like at the time I'm like, well, not knowing why our best players weren't playing, but now that uh, fast forward a couple of days and I know about all this stuff that's happening, it's just, it's even more surprising that I mean, we were running and actually people give our staff a lot of flack. We were running plays for Tyson. I don't know if we're saying his name that we, he was getting open and making the shots in some critical moments down the stretch of that game. Was, that's just even more bizarre. Yeah, yeah, and again, the expose, the 30 for 30, the message boards, whatever, are going to be crazy if Mark Adams does get fired. And I hope we find out more about what happened in Maui. Because at the time, that was a what, huge... What talk, it, wow. <laughs> exactly. It was a huge story at the time. And then afterwards, everyone's like, oh, it was, it was blown out of proportion. Nobody left the gym. Nobody quit the team. It was fine. Nobody was mad, but... That week of Maui, all the stories we heard that were, you know, circulating were 
there was a blow up. Everyone hates Mark Adams. The whole team's going to quit. And then at semester break, the the whole the message board thing was everyone's leaving. There's going to be six transfers. Oh. Everyone hates Mark Adams. And then like nothing ever happened. But then at the end of the year, hey, you guys are the the servants. I'm the master. Like let's let's remember that. It just all tracks, right? To me. So I've got two thousands. The first, I have a theory on like why the disjointed timeline and why it went down the way it did in terms of this player being a focal point as late as the last game of the season. And then this allegation or allegations coming out. Um, I have a theory on why that went down. I'm going to save it for the Patreon only episode because it's, it's a lot of conjecture and I don't want to do that on an overly public platform. But second, uh, the press release, here's the, uh, the circle that I'm having trouble trying to square the press release announcing Adams, suspension calls his remarks unacceptable. If he's not fired and they say, okay, time served, you're coming back as a head coach. How do you, as his employer say, this was unacceptable, which by definition means like we will not tolerate it, but also like, welcome back. We're going to accept and tolerate this. Like to use that word choice. I think it was, essentially set in stone that he was done and it's just the investigation the time in between the suspension and firing is a formality that's why i'll be so surprised if he's not fired or that's part of why i'll be surprised um like tech didn't say we don't know what happened we're leaving this open we're going to hear both like they said this is uh insensitive it's unacceptable so how do you say that and then potentially a week later bring him back and say okay yeah he's still the head coach was it the Goodman article that said it was the player's mom or parent that brought forth the allegation so it wasn't the player? Or was that from it, somebody else? It, I don't think the Goodman article said that. The Goodman article did say that when it came to Kirby's attention, Kirby contacted the family. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I You're muted again there. The, the, sorry about that. The way he – to answer your question, um, the way he comes back is – it hasn't happened, but uh, like a sincere apology, but every player publicly supporting him being like, this isn't him. You know, he's an old guy that was reading the Bible. This wouldn't, you know, that that's how, right. I mean, yes, I, I, I guess, but that's not going to happen though. Well, and that's what you, saying, it's not happening. Yeah. And how, how do you make the case that it's a sincere apology when you've already gone on the record with a national beat writer, like Jeff Goodman saying, I did not apologize. I don't know if beat writer is the proper term there, but probably not <laughs> national a- analyst uh, engagement bait. Yeah. hack. <laughs> he's not a, he's not a journalist. He's an analyst. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of slobbering, you know, he's, this is, he was rock hard as soon as this news got in his inbox. Oh, you know? yeah. Well, now this was like Christmas morning for him. I think that's part of why, I think part of why he hates Texas tech so much is because our fans give him so much grief on Twitter like, if you would leave him alone, one, he would get less engagement, and two, he wouldn't come after Adams, the program, everything, all the time. But, like, we yeah. just keep pouring gas on that fire. And I'm like, guys, just quit quote-tweeting Goodman. Like, I know y'all are dunking on him, but just leave it alone. <laughs> uh, oh, I think it's the opposite. I think he acts like he hates Texas Tech because we do give him the engagement. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think it's like a, yeah. a never-ending cycle. A circle. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's see. This makes all the hugs and press conferences in January even more bizarre. Don't give up on us. 
It'll be less bizarre when they hear my theory on the Patreon episode okay. later this week. Okay. Good plug. Uh, speaking of Patreon and Discord, how do they do that there, Kyle? Patreon.com slash Gambling Gauchos. It's only $5 a month. Gets you access to some private episodes, some interviews with Red Raider legends like Sonny Cumbie, Cody Campbell, Matt Mooney, many others. Um, did I say access to the Discord server already? Well, that, we alluded to it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, if you want to participate in the Diversified Lenders Discord mailbag, that's where we take the questions from. That's a lot of fun in there. Yep. Um, Tech Hoops guy's been in there a few weeks. I don't know if he's – he's usually, like, in there for all business, like, talking odds and picks. He's not really goofing off like the rest of us, but hopefully he's enjoying the Discord. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think I got to change my – I don't know if you can change your name in certain Discords because my name is, like – it's twenty two seven Knoxville because yeah. I live. That, that's just something I've had for years on Discord. Because when I in Tech or in Lubbock, I lived at twenty seventh and Knoxville, the cross street. So that's always been my Discord name. We can give you a nickname but, for the Discord. Uh, all right, let's do it. Uh, diversified lenders. If you need to turn your accounts receivable into cash, call Diversified Lenders. Two Red Raiders owned. Uh, multiple generations of Red Raider owned. Uh, all right, we've got Tech Hoops guy coming on the pod. That's from Kyle. Uh, is it on site with Norrin Sodiase? That's when he thought you were a Tech Hoops fan and not Tech Hoops guy. Common misconception there. Uh, I don't believe you would want to fight with Norrin Sodiase. Absolutely not. No. no. <laughs> I would not either. I don't, what's the what's the backstory there? I don't even I don't get it. Uh, Tech Hoops fan uh, was saying something about what what was the impetus there? I think it was like a a, a no call on McCuller. Yes. Uh, and so, like, he and Norrance went back. Well, it wasn't that contentious or no. anything, but I think Norrance was basically saying, like, hey, your opinion is wrong on this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, somebody thought you were yeah, I have no Tech Hoops guy. They were like, oh, we thought it was Tech Hoops fan. But anyway. No, no beef with Norrance. Uh, what no. qualifies you to be the Tech Hoops guy? <laughs> Nothing. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I, I'm not a – see, you guys are way more creative with – your bits and your uh, all your stuff. I, I, I wish I had that. I would have a more creative name. That's um, actually a... I, 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 you know, club pro guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm obsessed with that. And I just was blanking on what to call myself and just tech hoops guy is what I like. It works. So the, the, this is a bit of a deep cut, but I liked your first one. The, the bullies of Broadway. Oh yeah. yeah that was, Let's see. That was me. Tr my first, my attempt at being creative. Yeah. And then it just, yeah. That was a little wishy wash. Damn, that you've been you've been uh, following for a while. Though. Yes, no, I'm a day one. Uh, yeah, okay. I also, this is kind of funny. While we're on this topic, um, Tech Hoops guy briefly rode at Staking the Plains with me back in the day, like I think year one of the Matt Wells era, so a while ago. But um, I also post on Red Raider Sports and kind of like did some crossover content. Like I was, this was all about. Sorry to give too much backstory here, Rob, but why you should fair catch every single kickoff. And like, I did the math. I looked at every single time we tried to return a kickoff and how it always on average after 10, 20, 30 attempts was worse than taking the touchback. So anyway, posted that on Sake in the Plains, posted it on Red Raider Sports and Tech Hoops guy accidentally doxed me. Uh, not that I was like trying to hide who I was or anything, but he was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, he like tagged me. He was like, he already posted about this at Staking the Plains. And I was like, Go like you know. Technically, I, I they didn't know that, that was me, but <laughs> uh, you know, anyway. What's funny about that is I went to the McGuire Fantasy Camp uh, about a month ago, and went got a did a deep dive with our 
special teams analytics guy, and I'm team kickoff return. Having really? had that, having had that, so you ought to get your information and uh, have a meeting with uh, Tyler Skivenek. Okay, and, and he'll 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 set you straight. I am absolutely on board when the athletes show up, and they are. Yeah, I think that was part of my argument. Is like if you have a Jakeem Grant back there, yeah. do it. But like when you've demonstrated over the course of two or three seasons that, like at best, you're taking it to the thirty-two, but all the other times you're not. Like you're getting holding penalties or whatever, then just quit. But hey, I'm open to hearing what Skubinek has to say, and yeah, maybe he's got uh, a good argument there. When Chidarius Townsend is running right into the wedge over and over and over, it's like, <laughs> hey man, let's let's just go catch him there. Uh, let's see. Who's the betting favorite for the Little League World Series in August? Oh, that's easy. Hawaii. So I, I'm a big Little League. So, the, okay, here's – this is like – I get triggered by all gambling content. Okay. But one of the most – if you really want to trigger me, say something like, uh, I only bet – I would never bet Little League or college baseball, and I would only – you know, the, there's, a, there's a thought by kind of recreational gamblers that – if you have a better chance of winning, if you're betting like an NFL total or a side versus literally, and that's just complete lunacy. And the way, you, so right now at, and I'll use one of the legal places I bet at the bet online, like bet online right now is taking $20,000 on an NBA side, 20,000. You know what they take on a college baseball side, 250 bucks. That's the max you can bet. And I can't bet that there, but a normal person could bet that 250. Tell me, what do you think they're more confident in? Their numbers, the one where they're taking twenty thousand dollars a pop or two hundred fifty dollars a pop, it's the twenty thousand. That's the one you're not getting the best of it if you're betting into a market where they're taking that big of bets. But when we, when you talk about little league, where the max bet is a hundred bucks, most likely, like you can actually win. But to, to answer that guy's question, Hawaii, Hawaii is they're built differently out there. I think honestly, what what it really is is select baseball has just gutted little league in in the United States. So you know when you're when Texas um, you know, uh, Abilene always has a team uh, there. Like, it's not the best players from Abilene. And when, Par you know, Houston or Nolensville, Tennessee, it's not actually their best 12-year-olds. But, like, Hawaii, it's the real deal. It's their best players. So it's just – it's not even fair. Uh, Hawaii is – I would probably make Hawaii, without even having seen their team yet, I'd probably make them, like, minus 400, literally, to win the United States just right now, just off the cuff. First of all, did you? Um, I love that you had an answer for that this early. Yeah, yeah, this early. <laughs> yeah. I, so I really, so literally, I'm telling you, people really don't literally that the rules are they have very set rules about pitching. You know, if you throw a certain amount of pitches, you can't pitch the next day. So you can, with a lot of accuracy, predict who's pitching. And if you get, if you're someone like me who's with some time on your hands, uh, you can number one watch them pitch so you have an idea. But also, baseball is crazy. Like the amount of money and select these twelve-year-old kids have PerfectGame.com profiles. Yeah. So I'll be able to go on and be like, okay, I know this kid from Arizona is pitching against this kid, and I and I'll look and I'll be like, okay, two months ago they were at the same combine, the same Perfect Game showcase. This kid was throwing seventy-two. This kid was throwing sixty-four. And I'll look at the odds, and I'm like, wow, the kid who's throwing seventy-two is a three-to-one underdog. All right, something. Like, I mean. <laughs> I, like it doesn't take a genius to to like do this. It's just who throws harder. Bet on that guy. Bet on the team throwing the hardest. It's full circle. This is, 
This is amazing content. It's um, great. Yeah, it's galaxy level brain stuff. Some of you, it's probably over the heads of most of your listeners. Did you uh, did you make any money on Danny Almonte back in the day, circa two thousand three? That was before my time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm twelve. I started I started betting Little League like probably five years ago. Ser- uh, seriously betting it, and when I say seriously betting it, I'm talking like, um, <laughs> like a network of uh, over fifty people oh. in the United States are betting these these games. So two things before I forget, uh, you'll like this Tech Hoops guy. Rob and I sponsored a, a Lubbock Little League team last season. They had a gambling gatos patch on their sleeves. Oh my god! And uh, because we're like a sports betting themed podcast, you know there are like rules on obviously who can sponsor a little league team. Like you can't have Miller Lite on the on the yeah. jersey patches. Um, so this like our sponsorship went all the way to like the chairman of the national little league board and it got approval. And then it also required like voter approval from the parents on the team, Yeah, Um, but it went through. And so we, yeah, we're teaching them young, you know, responsible gambling habits. And uh, that's great. So hopefully, uh, so, you know, and I don't know if you're familiar with little league, that there's the world series that, and that, you know, they all get, you get your uniform. So like mid Atlantic Metro Atlantic has like, teal and purple like that's their uniforms even if their little league team was green or something but in the regionals they wear their they have just kind of you know the local whatever they've got and so it'd be hilarious if y'all if uh you know whatever little league that y'all had if y'all if that was the team you know like i'd be oh yeah they probably wouldn't even put lines up just because uh you know whoever's putting lines up for these games might be weary of some team gambling gauchos on it you know yeah That'd be it can be intimidating. Um, am I tech hoops guy? Am I allowed to tell the the Baron Morton story from this past football season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you want, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, Rob, you want me to tell it or you to tell it? Well, my, yeah, my side of it? We, uh, we can do both. Uh, okay. Rob, I don't even know if you're aware because this is like one of those times where, well, I guess it was a Friday. You were like probably calling high school football, and so I had the keys to the liquor cabinet on the Twitter account, and um, we got some intel that. Baron Morton was starting on Saturday in Stillwater. In, in Stillwater against Oklahoma State, and I was like, you know, we don't we don't get news a lot, um, so I was like, surely this is on Red Raider Sports or somewhere. And I like check the message boards, like nobody has this, and I was like, we can't, like we're not in a position to break this. Like we only have one source who's saying this, and like we're not journalists. I was like, I'm not about to put this on Twitter, so I did one of the acronyms. Um, T-K-E-F-I-S. Yes. The kid from Eastland is starting. I think there was a T at the end tomorrow. Um, Because I knew if I put his initials BM, like people were like, oh, what's Baron Morton? Uh, So I thought the kid from Eastland was a good. But Tech Hoops guy figured out exactly what I was saying. He like DM'd the gauchos. He was like, don't you dare say anything about (laughs) this. He was like. My perspective is, let me tell my perspective. My perspective is I get the information as well. And. I bet uh, I don't really bet a ton of college football, uh, like the stuff that y'all bet, like the normies. I bet like FCS football. And I do some college football that people give me that I think that I know they win, but I do a lot of player props. And um, if you're not familiar with like player props uh, for college football at legal, quote unquote, legal sports books, they come out earlier in the week, Thursday, Friday. But for the places that I can bet into, generally there it's the day of the game, and uh, so I get I hear on Friday, probably around the same time that you do, that the kid from Eastland is starting, 
And so my initial re my immediate reaction is to start looking at Donovan Smith props because I don't if you don't know how player props work, if you don't if the guy doesn't play in the game, the bet is void. So if I have an information that a quarterback is starting and one isn't, and I bet the unders on the quarterback that's not going to play, most likely he that bet's it's worthless because the bet he's never going to play and the bet's going to be voided. But I'm a tech fan. I know Donovan Smith. I know we have our 17,000 quarterback packages. I know he's going to fucking play. You know, I mean, I, I, he's not going to start, but he's he's going to get a snap. So I'm immediately calling on my team, the ones that live in Michigan and California and Vegas or New Jersey that can bet into these legal places. And I'm like, I've got something. Can we get people to kiosk? They have these betting kiosks. That's where you like sharps bet most mostly because if you go to the counter, they'll limit you. So you we call it jamming kiosks like you just go into these kiosks so, so we had guys on friday I'm, I'm coordinating this they're driving to these kiosks we're betting donovan under passing donovan under rushing donovan under interceptions donovan under uh passing touchdowns and as i'm courting coordinating this i'm on telegram i've got my tweet deck up i see a tweet from the gauchos the kid from eastland starting and i'm like no because i i need i like in order for me to really bet on it i needed it to last until saturday we could do some damage at legal places but i really needed my local guys to put their lines up and uh so i'm like i messaged immediately i'm like don't you dare say a word i was like going way out of my way people were asking i'm like nope not true nope donovan's starting i got 100 about it donovan's chris level i just called him and he told me you know i'm, I'm trying to like and then i see that and it, it seriously like put a fear into me and uh so sure enough so then during the game you have to, we've had situations where we've done stuff like this and they won't believe you. They still will grade it as void. And so when Donovan got in, we're screenshotting it and we're like, this dude played, he played a, a snap at receiver in the first half. So as soon as in the first half, it was cash because he played that snap at receiver. And he actually still kind of messed with the, uh, I was still kind of sweating the rushing touchdown under because he, because, you know, we're liable to give it to him. But yeah, no, that was, uh, that was hilarious. We, that was like one of our best. Uh, it's kind of like a legendary moment this from this past football season. Yeah, I, I, I knew that obviously you were like a big sports gambler and like pretty sharp with it and everything. But when you were like, hey, I've got a guy driving from Michigan to Canada right now to <laughs> place like to max out Donovan Smith unders, like you can't tell anybody this. I was like, okay, this guy's like really serious. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was so some of those. What's funny is I got to call. Um, yeah, we haven't. Uh, I'm trying to think if I should say this. We we got a call from the some from the same group who I used for that. I get a call. I don't know if we're running long or something. You're good. We need it. Uh, this was on. It was the day that the Georgia player uh, had his deal. The Georgia defensive lineman who had the killed it, whatever racing and stuff. Yeah. And um, so the the same group that helped me with the Donovan stuff. They now know I'm like, I'm like a Texas tech guy, tech expert. So I get a call from these guys and these guys are like, uh, they, they're, they're, they take bets. I mean, they're, it may be the, it's probably the mob like, and, but they, they're, they do some sharp stuff too. And they, they bet and they're really, they've got some guys who, who win. And I, so I get a call, I'm like, I get a message like, Hey, this, this guy wants to talk to you about somebody on Texas tech's football team. And I'm like, what the hell? So I, I take the call and he's like, what are the odds that Tyree Smith, because it was right when the Georgia news was breaking, they can get down on uh, Tyree to be the first defensive player taken at 60 to one. And and the odds had not reacted yet to the Georgia guy going out. And they know that the uh, the Bears 
I guess the, the their intel was that the Bears really liked Tyree. And there was some scenario that they were – so basically they, they're like, what can you – like we can really make it worth your while if you can uh, like, you know, get some intel on that. So I'm like, I, was, I, I, I don't know if I can or not, but I just thought it was interesting that they're like, that's on their radar. They're asking about Tyree right now. Possibly – it had something – like if the Bears – if no one wants the Bears pick to trade, there's a chance that they might take him over Will Anderson, I guess is the theory, and that if the odds would – they like 60 to 1. They like – so – they yeah. wanted to know specifically if I could tell if I know what his 40 time is. He's, and I was like, he's got a broken foot. Yeah. Not, like, I, I don't know what his 40 time is. but I, I don't know his 40 time, but he was clocked. You know, they, uh, they can measure guys' speed like during practices. And 20 miles an hour is like a key threshold they're looking for from a lot of the skilled players. And uh, and in summer camp before the season started, he was running like 19 miles an hour top speed at practice, which is insane for a guy yeah. who's six six two seventy five. Eighty five so, inch wingspan. Yeah, so I don't know what his forty time is, but he's plenty fast for his size. Well, the Will Anderson ran a four six nine, I think. So it's gonna he's gonna have to be that's pretty fast. I mean, because I don't think those guys who are calling me realize that Tyree Wilson's like two hundred and eighty pounds. Yeah. I mean, he's a monster. Like he's not a Von Miller, you know, type sprinter. He's a freak. Tyree's a freak, but yes. he's like a big person freak. Yeah. Uh, all right, start bench cut. You familiar with start bench cut there, Tech Hoops guy? The, yeah, it's okay. like right. MFK. Mary, yeah. is it the same <laughs> yeah, concept? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, so start bench cut, Bible verses, concussion protocol, and alcoholic coaches. Oh, man. Uh Al- alcoholic coaches would be start. Yeah. Um, I think almost every one, every coach that's successful is an alcoholic. Maybe not, but I think a lot of them are. Well, probably functioning uh, at least, huh? And then they. Uh, so wait, what is the? Is it just like the tech drama? Like, am but I basically? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, bas- yeah. Entertainment. Yeah. Because uh, because this Bible stuff, this one isn't that entertaining. Mm-mm. But the 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 James stuff. The concussion stuff kind of had some entertainment just because Leach was involved. And it was really sad, obviously, when Leach was fired because just my age, Leach had been the coach for so long. That was like a pretty significant like moment of my life, honestly, him, him leaving. But so I'd have I'd actually start, I guess, start that as in terms of drama. Uh, and then I, I benched this most recent one. This most recent one is just boring and weird. And it's like tough yeah. to comment on because it's so you know, religion and, and racism is a very tricky thing. I would bench alcoholic coaches because you get Billy Clyde and Wallerstadt. That's a, my first thought was Wallerstadt. I yeah. wouldn't even think about Billy Clyde. Yes, yeah, so you get the double doozy yeah. there. I, but never mind. I don't know if I should say that. I didn't think Wallerstadt was an alcohol deal. Well, yeah, that was, was a painkiller deal. Yeah. That dude was wild. That, well, is that my, is. Buddy, my, uh, yeah. My buddy played for him at Air Force, and when I, I remember when I when we hired him, I was like, "Hey, what about him?" And he was like, Phew. "Like he just he didn't sit, make any words. He just was like, Phew. like just doing these like guttural noises." And I was like, "I don't know if that's good or yeah." It turned out Wallet. to not be. Uh, well, he uh, he blocked me on Twitter from my personal like a long time ago. Oh, how many people that's do you good. think have you blocked? Do what? How many people do you think have you have you blocked? Um, 
I don't know. I know Kendall Bryles blocks the Gauchos account. Well, that's cool. And, that's that's not a surprise. I, so here, here's something I actually take pride in. Like, I do not try to troll people and like bombard their mentions or anything. What? Like, like I'm not gonna go into somebody like argue with all of their tweets. Like, I might quote tweet you once or whatever, but um, I think I think you, you're liable to troll someone if we're being honest. But but not but not like a mass volume kind of deal. Okay. Like yeah. Like you're, you're, I, I will only um like I I will respond, but I'm not gonna like argue with you for like 50 tweets. But anyway, this this uh, TJ Altmore or whatever, this guy who's obviously being paid by the Pac-12 to show for them during the conference realignment negotiations. This is Rob. This is one of those instances where I chose my words very carefully. I quote tweeted him and said that some people make it very obvious that they're being paid by the Pac-12. I didn't say he was, but he was overly sensitive to it and blocked me. And then uh, I like this too, when Texas fans who I've never interacted with from the Gauchos account, like preemptively blocked me because they don't want to see trash talk or whatever, I guess. Like if, if you and I have argued and you don't like me and you block me, that's one thing. But if you just like seen my tweets on your timeline and you're like, Oh shoot, I hope that guy never, response to me or comes up again and you block me i think that's you know, like block. a badge of honor yeah i see i don't um i get triggered i actually i'm not proud of this but I, I get triggered by getting blocked only because i don't do any bits i don't like i'm i don't come at people i don't engage in any sort of like um behavior that would like trigger anyone or should offend anyone on twitter at least at, i'm at tech coops guy but I've come across two people that have blocked me. Um, one unblocked me. She's this like kind of crazy. I mean, she's probably she's some kind of crazy kind of person on tech Twitter. She's got like a lion in her profile picture. Her name is like Sharon something. I, and like I'm telling you, I'm triggered by it because I, I, I know who these people are. But the one person yeah. is uh, he's like a Lubbock media guy that I've never interacted with ever. Uh, and he uh, uh, let's Oh yeah. Randy Rosetta. Let's um, what? Yes. Randy Rosetta blocked by him. Never, never had any interactions. I'm going to it right now. Yeah. You're blocked. Yep. <laughs> I wouldn't think. Yeah. You're okay. So I'm going to defend myself. Cause you said I troll people and I do bits and all that. I don't ever really do it that maliciously. I don't think. Uh, but anyway, like I try to be a light. No, no, troll. it's not malicious. It's a, it's good. It's like one of the reasons why I don't is cause it's not my, if I was good at it, I'd be firing bits off yeah. and trolling in, in, all the time, but it's like just a, not something I've. I'm, yeah, I think some people just go into Twitter with like a hostile mindset, and like I'm cool with people from every Big Twelve fan base who don't take it too seriously. And like, okay, this guy's in trash talking, like he's just being funny or whatever. Uh, but some people are like very sensitive to it. The only people I figured who would have blocked you, Tech Hoops guy, because you are so like pretty much all business, is Houston fans because they. They found your post on Red Raider Sports, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. and they were like, "Oh, this guy wants us all to like get concussions and yeah, wants yeah, like yeah. to commit targeting penalties." And um, yeah. that would be the only subset of people that I would think would not like you. But even that That's is true. just hypersensitivity. Yeah, I also have been blocked and unblocked and blocked and unblocked and blocked from Sharon. We get into it every yeah. once in a while. So I don't okay, think I've yeah, ever. That's good. That one didn't bother me as much as the other one because. I don't know. I don't know what it is. You yeah. know, it's just in the back of my mind. Sometimes I lay at night and I'm like, what did I he's do? Like, he's like a high school I, sports guy too. I do think it's funny. I, I don't think some people know how to like utilize the search function on Twitter. Cause uh, when I see other people, they're like, why did Fran Frischilla block me? And then I'm like, I'll search 
from their account, like looking for a, a Frischilla mention. And I'm like, well, like two weeks ago, you called him like a stupid SOB. Yeah. <laughs> like that's why yeah. he blocked you. And they're like, it's oh like, yeah, yeah, I forgot. See, for I'll murder your family or whatever. What did yeah. I say? <laughs> yeah, like that, that's what got you blocked. Like you can you can search your mentions with him, and it's usually pretty clear. I had some beef with uh, Fran Frischilla, but he just DM'd me. I asked him to be on the show. And he's like, oh, I usually help out little uh, little shows like yours or something. I was like, first of all, Frank. He was really condescending. <laughs> but then, really? This is before the Gauchos. This is just uh, the Rob Bro yeah, show just, on uh, yeah. KKM. But then he was like, uh, but you mischaracterized something I said on the broadcast. And I was like, what? Didn't, didn't you like quote him verbatim? Yes. Because he was like, uh, hey, Davide Moretti's from Italy. It's not like out here in West Texas. And I was like, come on, Fran. Just like joking. Yeah. He was like, "You mischaracter. I have, I have family in West Texas." And I was like, "Okay, Fran, but that doesn't change the fact you said it." And all I said was, "Italy was different than West Texas," and you made it seem like Italy was better. Like, okay, probably, but all right. A couple of more good questions in here. Uh, let's say the next men's basketball coach has broken eight of the ten commandments. Which two would you prefer remain unbroken? Uh, murder. Yeah, murder. Thou shalt <laughs> not kill. Probably one of them. I'm trying to think of the rest. Uh, coveting, fine. Adultery, check. Um, a steal, uh, you can steal. Yeah, you can steal some. I wouldn't recruits. want steal though. Well, you can right? steal some recruits. Or yeah, or steal like concepts that yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's um, a copycat industry. Yeah. Uh, false false gods. Lord's uh, Lord's name in vain. Let's keep that out of the press conference. How about that? So murder and uh, Lord's name in vain. So, so you don't want Dabo. Well, he, on, on the yeah. Lord's name in vain, not the because yeah. he, he he'll invoke the Lord I, quite often. Yeah. That's maybe not in vain, but yeah, he's yeah, a big God yeah. guy, God squad. Well, God. lie, false witness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. let's be a truth teller. It's a truth telling program. Yeah, that's good. That went well for us. So we want an adulterer <laughs> who will take the Lord's name in vain, but as long as they don't lie, and who hates yeah. their parents. Yeah, we'll just be Isn't honest. Isn't adultery about it? a form of lying? Well, if you're honest, if you get about asked it. about it. We're we're past the honest here, about it. So we're getting into the theology part of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, start bench cut hoops guy hoops fan hoops insider. I'm starting hoops guy. Yeah. Benching hoops fan. I would also cut hoops insider. I noticed that you weren't going to say it, but I'll say it. Well, I was, I was pulling a rob and just stopping after bench. Yeah, I know. The cut implied. Uh, you you went off on Hoops Insider one time. Do you remember that? No, I didn't. Yes, no, I, didn't. <laughs> I get all these. Y'all have beef with everyone. Is what I I'm not. Saying. Yes, I, like, I don't have beef with anybody, but but this one guy actually, we got in some DMs. Like every story is beef with somebody. You no no people just paint this picture that I like wake up every morning Kyle. just to like ratio and troll people on Twitter, and that's not what I do. No, it was on the pod. You hammered him pretty good. I don't remember that. Yeah, I'll I'll pull the I'll pull the tape on that one. Uh, what do you think Tim Tadlock's favorite Bible verse is? <laughs> uh, Jesus wept. He's a he's he's short and sweet. Yeah. Dude, uh, I would say it'd be, it'd be something about uh, water for for water the tree. Yeah. Oh, the fig parable. Yeah. 
His, you reap what you sow, so water the tree. His interview before the game, Schlossnagel's given – it's the Shriners, Shriners kid. Schlossnagel's given all these long answers, and then the kid's like, hey, Tim, uh, what would you say the <laughs> – we just got a new start bench coat we can't do. Um, <laughs> he said, he said uh, what would you say the keys to the game are? And Tim just deadpans, uh, play good baseball. It's hilarious. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, who had the bigger fall from Grace, Mark Adams or Chris Beard? Beard. Beard, Beard. not even close. Yeah, Beard was higher. Yeah, I don't think Mark Adams reached the pinnacle like Beard did. Although you could maybe even make an argument that Beard will be able to recover, whereas due to Mark's age, he won't. So, But I would still go Beard. Kyle, do you want to answer that? I yeah. Well, <laughs> felt like you were trying to avoid it. So, like on April first, twenty twenty one, people hated Beard, like in a way that they won't hate Adams if and when he's fired. Adams but, will have support, actually, right? But but fast forward two years, and now people are like, so I brought this up with Grant McCaslin that like he's a Baylor guy, and what if we get bearded by McCaslin in five years when Scott Drew retires? And somebody was like, hey, you know, Final Four run, Big 12 championship in five years, sign me up. It's like maybe enough time has gone by where people are like now positively remembering the Beard era, at least to some extent. Whereas I think like, okay, yeah, fault Beard for leaving for another school. But if Adams did something like horribly unethical to a player on the way out, that might leave an even worse taste in my mouth. In terms of like the the sense of almost like betrayal that like he had this facade of like, Oh, I'm this sweet old guy. You can trust me. He said that in his press conference, he said, you can count on me. And if this is how it ends for him, then that would be a really bad look. That's true. I forgot about that. Bigger. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. Start bench cut. You can count on me. Uh, <laughs> Mama called me home. This is home. And uh, tortillas. Matt Wells saying tortillas. <laughs> I'm cutting tortillas. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's the, the back to baseball? What's the ceiling for this year's team? What's the bare minimum to consider it a successful season? And then are you, are you, I'd have to do some research, research. Who are the draft eligible sophomores on the team? Yeah. I'm not going to know that one. Yeah. That's, uh, we can answer that one in a couple episodes. Yeah. Cause that, that's, that requires knowing their age. Right. Yeah. Um, Ceiling. So what I like is, um, uh, and generally, it seems like there's like a subset of teams that have really high-end pitching in a three-game series. Like because at each level of the of the postseason, you really need to win a a three-game series, and like bonus points for being able to go two and zero to to start. And so the season is full of games. One might be even arguably being like that Sunday game or like this New Mexico game that don't have a ton of bearing. Like if you, if you're, if you're weak in your fourth or fifth game in a week, that's not that important. Um, whereas if you're uh, really, really strong in, in game one and two, and then you fall off, you're actually like, that's, that's good. You know, you, you want to be like really strong on the, on the top end. And uh, so what I'm saying is there's like a subset of teams that have legit arms in a three game uh, span. 
And then out of those teams, it's the ones that have a lineup that has the ability to like get hot in the postseason or to be have a good enough season to be playing in a park that is really beneficial for them. Like just like tech is an example of that, but Oklahoma state is one wake forest is one that, w- this year um, to where if you're playing them at their park, uh, the, like you, they're going to score some runs. It's just going to be really tough. So the ceiling. So having said that, I, I think that tech has like, they're in that subset of teams that has strong enough pitching in a three game series. And they've got the lineup that has the ability, especially because we're so young, we're talking, we're, you know, in June, um, uh, Will Burns might be able to barrel up a 97 miles an hour fastball, and he, he couldn't on Sunday night. Um, but I, but I, so, I mean, the ceiling is high, is what I'm saying. Now, there's, there are, they're like, there's LSU, Tennessee, Florida, Wake Forest, Vandy, even Stanford. They are kind of on a different level in terms of their top end pitching, lineup, everything. Um, and there's, I'm maybe missing a couple teams too, but, uh, but so that, you know, their, their ceiling is higher, but we're kind of in that next range of teams. And there's maybe like 15 of them that that's right there. So, I mean, the I got the ceiling's high, but a lot of that depends on, can we put together, can we have a resume to where we're playing in Lubbock? Um, you know, cause it, cause like we saw you get, you can run into some bad luck at park ballpark luck. Like we had this weekend. And, um, you know, I'd prefer to just be playing those games and loving. But the, the 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 next one was is a tough tough one. Like, what is the successful season? Um, because, like, on one hand, I want to be like, well, if you host a regional, it's successful. But then, if you're hosting and you don't advance, that sucks. Um, and it's just hard, man, uh, to win a winning a regional. I, I would say, God, that, that's a really tough question. I feel like if I say winning a regional is the the like the the barometer is like that seems too aggressive or like too. At lofty, yeah. but maybe it's not. That that that's kind of what I want to say is just winning a regional. I would but, say hosting a regional and then Omaha. Omaha's the ceiling. Uh, first yeah, weekend, yeah. last weekend, whatever it is, Omaha's the ceiling. If I offered you plus two fifty today that this team would advance past the regional, would you take it? Man, that's. I think that's. Uh, I probably would. Uh, be, I think that's actually maybe if maybe fair odds. But if we get in a regional, uh, our odds to advance will be will be probably lower than two fifty. If that makes sense. So if we get in a regional, if like if we're hosting, we'll be like minus one ten. So right, that's kind of a bet for me. It seems like a bet to, that we're going to host. So I kind of like that. Like I think we'll host, so we'll be minus one ten, and then the plus two fifty will feel like a gift. Yeah. Okay. But, should we have started to worry about Beard's character when he kept bringing around Patino? Rick Patino did nothing wrong. Bring him home. He had no idea that little black book existed. Uh, Star bench cut Ben Affleck movies. Gone Girl, The Town, The Accountant. I didn't like The Accountant. No. Why did they choose those three Ben Affleck movies? Kyle, those are three great movies you've never seen. The ten, okay, I, would start, I would start the town, bench, Gone Girl. But, okay, but like Argo won. Best I would have maybe have Gone Girl as my number one out of those. That was a three. good one. We, we have Argo. Good. We have Batman. We have Goodwill Hunting. Good Hunting. Batman oh, is your second. Here. Batman is your second Ben Affleck movie. No, I'm just saying it's out there Good. with Argo and Goodwill Hunting. I would go Goodwill Hunting. Uh, what what's you what did you just say, Tech Hoops guy? 
uh, Rounders is probably my number one of Ben Affleck. Rounders is Matt Damon. He's in it. Ben Affleck's got to be in it. Matt Damon has never been. Wait, is he? Is, it's Matt Affleck. Damon and. Um, uh, How is Affleck Hulk? not in that? Oh, what is his Maybe name? Right. I just assumed. I just assumed uh, Affleck. Any Matt Damon movie, Affleck was in it. But. What is that guy's name from? Um, shit. He is in. Um, American History X. Goodwill. Uh, Oh, I know you're talking about. Um, He's in Fight Club. Edward Norton. Edward Brad Norton. Pitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edward Brad Norton Pitt. is the is the other guy. Brad Pitt. Sorry, I, I was scrolling big, a little bit. Having, having done this exercise, I'm not a big Ben Affleck guy. No. Like. Uh uh-uh. And then John Malkovich. Pay that man his money. Yeah. Um anyways, uh Starbitch cut soul food, Cajun food, Caribbean food. Cajun. Yeah, start Cajun. I'm from Southeast Texas. I, I'm so Cajun. Yeah. And what's, you, what's interesting? Oh, keep going. Are you a are you a shrimp boil kind of guy? We do crawfish. Crawfish boil. Yeah. Kyle hates crawfish. Like boils. my my family Easter is a crawfish boil. Okay. See, some culture in here finally. Though I and prefer what's, shrimp. What's boils. funny is I came to Lubbock from Southeast Texas, and uh, someone was like, "Hey, there's a Cajun place. Let's go eat it." I'm like, there's no way, you know, this is going to be terrible. And jazz, I mean, jazz is like, like one of the best Cajun places I've ever had. It really is up there. Chick- chicken a la mer. At, uh, oh, jazz. that's it. Uh, can you make this pod three hours to help me on my drive to Kansas City tomorrow? We are at 153 so far. So Jeez. We'll figure out. Is, is this a normal? Yeah, 150, yeah kind of. 150 is probably the average, honestly. I might have to start working it in my rotation. I'm a very I'm stickler on my podcasts. I feel like I have only have like the capacity for um, for so much. And to be frank with you guys, I was triggered by like the gambling gauchos uh, thing. I, so I thought y'all were on here like take the Packers, you know, overs, like all the, the Packers, yeah, like all this stuff. And I'm, like, I'm not listening to that. No, no, we we don't really do that too much. It's mostly like made up props. I mean, we, we do pick Big Twelve games. We, we don't tell anybody what to do with their money. Uh, yeah, try to be careful that, about that. Yeah, yeah, that really is because you got to people. I mean, most people are bet and and you know I bet so I, I need like recreational people in the the ecosystem. You know because yeah. they're the ones that lose and like you got to have losers, right? But. I am like, if I ever give a bet, cause like sometimes I'll go on the discord and, and give bets. Um, if I ever give something out, just know that I, I'm risk. Like I'm, it's something that I bet that I feel confident in that I think has an edge that I'm risking yeah. like uh, real dollars on, you know? I, I think it'd be fun if you uh, started handicapping or like each episode length and then had the patrons in the discord given over under on like, an hour 57 or whatever. We'd have to do that away from us so we can't. Right. We yeah, can't. We, it'd have to be yeah. a blind kind of deal. I think a better one would be for someone to at random give like a person in tech Twitter and I would handicap whether or not you, like you have beef outstanding. I, beef with that I'm just not a beef guy, man. I don't want beef with everybody. But but Rob's over here just pouring gasoline on that fire like no that's the one that's the one guy we did you did have no, some I'm animosity not about one towards guy, like you're always on this oh yeah you just you're on Twitter to troll everybody and I, beef I with don't everybody throw that gas 
Maybe maybe we could, we could uh, uh, manufacture some faux beef uh, with my, the podcast that I'm on regularly, just to generate some, okay. some interest in it. Because we have like we have a, our uh, listener base is tight. Okay, I mean, it's like about here's nine. why here's why we cannot have that is Red Raider Sports. I'm a subscriber there. I have been for years. They are loyal to their people, which I can respect. But as soon as it was a Red Raider Sports podcast versus two idiots from the gambling gouches, they'd be like, oh, those guys are freaking morons. We love from here. It's potable. So you're, so you're saying we would win. We'd win. Oh, the- easily. <laughs> yes. Easily. But two things there. One of the first comments we got was, um, I'm going to tell Taylor Beatles you're cheating on him. Oh, oh okay. So I we, wish I could we, see the comments. We already have some beef there. That was from Ryan. No, he, he, he's, I mean, he's not mad, but like, I was kind of uh, stirring him up a little bit on there because someone, someone on Red Air Sports like asked to like we we had an episode that we did and it just like disappeared into the like the nether. It never got saved or something. And so they were asking like, "Where is it?" Because we took questions and it just never happened. You know, it's just kind of classic. Like, and I was like, "Yeah, so I'm going on the Gauchos tonight because our podcast sucks so bad." And he was like, he was like, he responded. I, I couldn't tell one time, and Rob, maybe this is on me for not not perceiving when beef is there. Like maybe everybody's beefing with me, and I just like can't tell. But that's true. I think that's the case. A long time ago, um, there was like this triple option bit on Red Raider Sports, and there was some kind of Twitter exchange about from here it's potable, and I was like, yeah, they're the triple option of Texas Tech podcast because there's like a million Texas Tech podcasts. And Tech Hoops guy like tagged us and was like, "Yeah, we were recently referred to by the Gauchos as the triple option of." Yes, <laughs> like I couldn't tell if you thought that was an insult. I, no, I love. I, I think that, like, that was a compliment. I, I would yeah. have that as like one of our top reviews. Like if I was <laughs> if I was pitching the podcast, yeah, it would be like recently, yeah, recently referred so, to. Anyway, I think I say stuff like that sometimes, and people perceive it as like I'm talking trash about them. But like I was just trying to play into the bit on that one. Well, one thing for certain, you have zero beef with anyone uh, on Red Raider Sports about the Gauchos. I think we can say that clearly. No, there's a, there's a couple like real Gauchos haters on there. I, I feel like the reviews are mostly okay. Um, but yeah. yeah, there's like a couple people that like can't stand us. That's just and me you, throwing gas what, again. I, I've seen some of that too. And and uh, what is the like the genesis of it? Of their, oh, of their <laughs> we don't, we, I, we don't right. need to get into it. What's well, we the might go three hours here? Am I allowed to say anything here, Rob? Hey, bridges burn, man. So uh, he he uh, he already alluded to that. So say whatever you want. Say- yeah, say whatever you want. I don't care. How do I want to phrase this? <laughs> He's not going to listen because he hates us. But no, he listens. Uh, I think there's a guy on Red Raider Sports that he brings us up out of nowhere. Like the conversation will be about something. It'll be about like TCU's athletic director. And it's like a three-page thread, and like randomly the gauchos get thrown in there. And I'm like, like, why are we even being brought up in this conversation? And if you search that poster's history, it's like over and over. It, you would think that like me or Rob kissed his girlfriend or something. And I'm like, why are you bringing us up in these random threads? And so like one time I finally got fed up with it. It was like, here's three things that like you said we did this. That's wrong. You said we stole that. That's wrong. You know, you lied about not engaging with our Twitter account. That's wrong. Um, and so then he was like, he got real scorched earth and was like, blocked us on everything from like all of his burners. 
uh, was like the bridge is burned. Like, you know it's burners, dude. Yeah, like, I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, so anyway, he's like our number one hater. I don't know why. I don't know what we ever did to him. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I can deal with a lot of like fair criticism. Like if you don't like the bits, like, okay, so this other guy, he just doesn't like start bench cut. And it's like, okay, that's fair. Because we do a lot of start bench cut. If you don't like it, you're probably not going to like our Twitter account. But to just like lie about, oh, they stole this or they said this if we had never said something, that's what I can't stand. Like, don't lie about us. If you don't like it, that's fine. But don't lie about us. Yeah, Everyone the, say the his name in the comments. I've seen on Red Ritter Sports, because I've actually, if you would have asked me, I would have said it was positive or majority positive reviews. But the, the, the criticism that I see is people that are anti-bit. They're like, they're too much bits. It's just all bits. It's just nothing but but Twitter beef and bits. Yeah. Well, okay, and that's well, another thing. First of all, Rob. if you grew up listening to sports radio, sports radio is bits. Yes. Like, I'm a sports radio guy. Uh, the most popular first sports radio station in the world, the ticket, is all bits. bits. Yeah. So, like, yeah, we do bits. Like, yeah. the, the first, sue us. <laughs> like, the, the first thing that comes to mind when you say Scott Van Pelt, who's a guy I really love, is Bad Beats. Like, it's not any in-depth analysis he's ever done or story he's broken. It's the Bad Beats segment. And maybe we go overboard with it. I Rob, mean, I think it's been, it's, I, I would say it's, it's, uh, it's been successful and it's in your wheelhouse. Like, if you're good at it, you know, I mean, like, uh, if you're a pitcher and you've got a pitch that is your best pitch, are you going to just start throwing? Like, you, you throw it. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I also think this. And this is the last thing you got to play that's working. If they can't stop the fullback dive and the triple option, are you just going to start airing it out? Rob is absolutely hating this, but I'll say one more thing. And I don't want this episode to be like a whole referendum on the Gauchos, but people also don't delineate between the Twitter feed and the actual podcast. Like, on Twitter, yeah, we do some stuff to get engagement. On the podcast, we have like actual discussions about sports. That's a little more in depth, a little more knowledgeable, less gimmicky. And so, if people like if people just see our twit or our Twitter and they never click on a link to listen to a podcast, they probably have no idea who we are, what we're about. So, even the people who hate our Twitter might actually enjoy the podcast a little bit more than they like the Twitter feed. I think maybe another criticism of us is that we love ourselves too much. But hey, when you're this great, like. Kyle, somebody's saying you're bald. Will you prove that you're not bald, or do you, no, I'm not do you bald. need to? Yeah, great hair. Look at that lettuce. Good God. He's beautiful. I've got some pictures from circa 2019. I'm definitely not bald. My hair was down to my shoulders back then. Yeah. Do you ever have long lettuce, uh, Tech Hoops guy? Do you ever grow it out? Do you ever have a mullet? Yeah, I've kind of got one right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, but there uh, it is. I mean, I just kind of have a natural mullet. Uh, I've got just like real straight hair. So if it gets any length, it just it goes into the mullet. Respect. I'm not. That's okay. My dad, when I was growing up, my dad had a mullet. Oh yeah, you wow, know? East Texas, man. Yeah, lots of mullets down there, trees and mullets. Yeah. All right. Uh, something we do every episode, another bit, is uh, final thoughts. Uh, Tech hoops guy, any final thoughts on the episode? Just like my impression of it. Uh, yeah, just uh, baseball. <laughs> we don't know what we do. We just do final thoughts, and we <laughs> do thirty more minutes. Uh, baseball final final thoughts for the weekend or. You said 30 more minutes. We'll try not to. Like one time, that's just another bit that uh, people say we go okay. too long in the final thoughts. Yeah. I try I'm to keep you, you guys I, are bit deniers. 
You guys are a bit deniers. Kyle's a bit I mean, denier. It's just, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's a bit I mean, that we don't do bits. When, like, I, I'm telling you, you, you're getting an impression from somebody who's, I definitely know who you guys are, right? I've been there kind of from the beginning. I, I was on tech Twitter before y'all had a deal, and I've been on Redder Sports. So I knew Kyle was. And I'm, I'm telling you, you guys are, you guys come with the heat on the bits. And like, it's, it's good. It's good. It works. And it's like, and then I come on here and it's like nothing but bit denying. That, and I'm like, it kind of, that's my final thoughts is there's some bit deniers. And as I'm saying that, Rob's pointing down. Yeah. At, so maybe it's just, there's only one bit denier. But I mean, it's borderline like it's it's almost an unreasonable and unrational kind of stance. I'm just trying to I'm just telling you how it is. No, okay. Uh, can I clarify here? He's a truth teller, man. No, uh, I I totally acknowledge some bits. I lean into the bits, but not everything is a bit. Yeah, no, that's what's actually hilarious is you've done this a couple times. Is you'll say we don't actually. I mean, I do a lot of. You're like I fire off bits. And like, yeah, this guy, yeah. yeah, I hit him with a bit and we actually have some beef. But I don't actually do a lot of bits other than when I wake up and start doing all the bits. <laughs> like, that, like that, when you're explaining it, that's literally what it sounds like. Yeah, no, that that's fair. And th- th- there's a guy, uh, a parlay picador in our Discord, who, like, he's been a Twitter mutual of mine for like five years. And he has no idea when I'm being serious and when I'm being, when, when I'm doing a bit. And so, like, I actually want... Texas Tech to interview Sean Miller, and if we hired him, I'd be over the moon. But like when I put it as my username here, it says like bring Sean Miller home. People perceive it as a bit, and so that's probably a shortcoming of mine that I just don't come across as a serious enough person to be taken seriously, even when I'm trying to make an, an actual point. I'm just glad that we finally got some resolution there. Lean into the bits, Kyle. But, do you have any yes. final thoughts? I, I do bits, and I I actually what that's going on context free GG later. Um, I actually really appreciate uh, Tech Hoops guy is a sharp guy in, in in many ways, and so his his recap there of what of how he has perceived me throughout this episode has actually been very insightful. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to heart. I really am. <laughs> no, I mean, but I'm not. Uh, it's not critical. It's it's uh, like I said. You stick with your fastball. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Don't, you know, you're wanting to go away from it in certain counts. And I think you need to just throw the heater. Well, but here's what I don't want to do is like, like I do get proud of myself sometimes. So like when we played Iowa state in football, uh, so I know, but here, before you even go, you have a bit related to every opponent will play, but you don't yes. do bits. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Continue. So when we played Iowa state, we were missing either Rashad Williams or Malik Dunlap. I can't remember which corner. I think it was Dunlap. And everything they threw was not just outside, but like like outside the hash. It was like outside the numbers. Like every single completed pass they had downfield was a toe tapper right on the sideline. Like they were abusing us on the far fringes of the width of the field. And so like I know the game of football. When I watch it, I can pick up on something like that and add up the stats. They're like, hey, they only completed 11 passes and nine of them were outside the numbers right along the sideline. And so people who see the Twitter account do what? No, no, keep going. I'll I'll fact check that as you continue. So when people see the Twitter account, they think I'm like this idiot troll who doesn't know anything. Like, so so here's all I'm saying is like, I don't want to be perceived like a big game boomer type that like only trolls people. Cause like I do actually rewatch the games and 
like look for tendencies and try to find a some sort of statistical anomaly. So th- I think that's just where I'd like people who maybe don't like the Twitter stuff. I wish they would actually listen to us because I think like if, if they listen to a post game recap, they might get a different vibe from us than they would get from the Twitter account. That's all I'm saying. While you're ranking bridges in uh, the Big Twelve, right. My final thought is that uh, we're going to Omaha, so buy your tickets. I love it. Yeah. We're going to fact check before we finish here? If y'all want it. I'm, I'm pulling it up. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, we can do it. Yeah, let's see if you should be taken serious. I do remember talking about that, that uh, they were going to the sideline quite a bit with, uh, what was his name? Hutchinson? Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah. So, I'm just going from memory there. I'm pretty sure he completed either 60, 11 or 60%. 60% of their passes were um, outside the hash, and that includes behind the line of scrimmage. So, if you take those out, it's probably 70, 75%. We're outside the numbers. Yeah. I can't remember that's if a I lot. did. No, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. I can't remember so, if I only did like downfield passes. And I, and I think so I, was only were, looking at, I was only looking at completions. I don't know if you're looking at attempts that's, or completions. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. Oh, okay. Completions. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, when yeah, there are times I guess where you're selling yourself, you're 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 losing some credit, but not with everyone, right? I mean, if uh, like if you if you're if you're saying it's like how could that be a bit? If you're like you know our our expected points added per play on third down runs, I mean, there's just no room for a bit in that. But when you're right. coming at, you know, when you're like saying uh, you know UT football who would be a favorite on a neutral side against every Big Twelve team is the worst team in the conference, like obviously I'm like. <laughs> That's probably it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, don't do that. that. I, I don't yeah. go that far. Like the, the the furthest I ever went was saying that Zach Evans was the greatest running back in TCU history, and that was like such an obvious joke, or should have been. And then I like I actually sincerely regretted that because it caused such a Twitter firestorm. I was like, okay, maybe maybe rein it in a little bit and do like a a minor troll, but don't go like so far off off the deep end. That caused such a controversy. I got blocked on my personal. By who? A, a guy who didn't like that tweet, I guess. A TCU stat account. Oh, that guy, that dude, he's yeah, he's an angry little guy. Yeah, he is. I don't have beef with him, but he's an angry little person. Well, he, yes, he, he is. He, he, he honestly, that guy could win some money, um, but he he just has no idea how gambling markets are are how they work or are made. Um, but I, I think he's got. Yeah, because you're y'all talking about that stats of war guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, he, he he's sharp enough to be able to maybe, um, and he's doing it like in a stupid way. He's putting his stuff out there um, that in a way that it can like impact the market, possibly the betting market for free. You know, and that's not as people who gamble, we don't want that. Like we we get mad at people when they um, like in, in the college football space, like on Tuesdays when they're like uh, popping teams at these really low limits, and we're waiting, and we're like. Dude, can you wait like 48 hours until everyone can actually, you're, you know, you're betting 200 bucks a game or something. And he's like, he's having that effect um, without even betting. And it's like, uh, I'm hoping because he kind of was doing that for college baseball last year towards the end during the postseason. And so I'm hoping he doesn't do that <laughs> because he doesn't know how gambling markets work, but he has actionable information that he puts out there for free at times. Kind of frustrating for every game. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, he's an angry, he's kind of just a bitter little guy. He's a bitter <laughs> little toad. Well, he's a TCU fan. I think a lot of them are bitter. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I messaged him from my personal and was like, I don't know. I feel like I was, uh, we don't have to from like it. a pretty yeah. sincere standpoint. I was like, I wanted to have a reasonable conversation with him and be like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a normal guy. I'm a good guy. Like I wasn't trying to, and he just like blocked me. So I was like, okay, you know, I can only, I can only try so hard. Yeah. Just more beef. More beef, man. I guess, man. And I, Count I, the people. Prob- I probably get too defensive because I've, I've spent way too much time trying to defend the gauchos on here. And I guess. Just lean most, into it, man. Some people are going to be hate, but I don't want to be just like a, a troll. Like I want to, I want people to actually come here for like sports insights. Everybody wants an anti-hero, man. Anyway. Yeah, I mean that's the equivalent of that to me is like, uh, like John McMillan being like, I want to throw an EFIS, but uh, <laughs> I, I just really I wish I could get guys out with an EFIS pitch. It's like, yeah, but you you know you throw a hundred miles an hour, you know what I mean? So maybe we just throw fastballs here and just get you know just come after this guy instead of trying anything crazy. Yeah, that's my advice to you. Just. Keep it, keep, keep, keep it up. You know, I'll, Just, I'll take it to heart. But yeah, uh, the people warned you that the final thoughts go on forever. Uh, yeah, no, D Wayne says he's sensing alpha energy for me. I don't, I don't know tonight if he's sensing it as it just how I always am. So that's your favorite commenter, right? Yeah. Well, he's trying to suck up a little bit now because I said I, I didn't know if you liked me earlier because he called what, you what's bald. The, what's the Venn diagram of Gauchos and Red Raider sports members? Is there how, um, how much overlap is there? Probably some. It seems like a lot because it, it's hard for me to sense how many people are on Red Raider Sports because there are so many lurkers who don't post. You know, it, it's kind of like Twitter. Like ten percent of the posters make up fifty percent of the posts. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I don't know. I, I anytime the gouches have been brought up on Red Raider Sports, um, I would say the majority don't know we exist, and then of the thirty percent who do know we exist, it's like. Twenty percent like us, ten percent don't like us. I, mean, I, I, just, I just looked at Gaucho's. Uh, I just did a query on the Red Air Sports, and somebody's watching. Talk there. Somebody sold on. Oh, oh that's not good. <laughs> uh, here's one. I am pro Gaucho's. Fantastic Twitter gets the people going. Uh, there you go. Been going. Ben Golan, I like <laughs> – this is funny. Me, someone who likes the Gauchos and at Mac Red. That's Ben Golan's comment. Oh, there you go. I remember that. That's the thread where I finally was like, okay, I've had enough of the slander. Here's one. It just says really weak. <laughs> oh, it's because we blocked him and, like, he didn't give any context for why we blocked him. Don't – I made the Gauchos mad. I'll take the L versus Team Gaucho. I don't feel like getting dragged by a group of friends who apparently have their own Twitter Hall of Fame. I'll just coexist and I'll shut up. The gambling umlangs can have their W. Yeah, that's the hmm. guy that uh, that's that's the beef guy. Here's one: Rob and, and Kyle are knowledgeable and entertaining to listen to. I mean, I, I'm telling you, it's it's majority positive. I, I posted that one from my burner on Red Raider Sports. You have two accounts. No. Here's one: <laughs> somebody said 409 is a huge fan of their gambling content. I'm 409 on Red Raider Sports. I know. Somebody, yeah. <laughs> somebody said. <laughs> Which was a joke because I was probably knocking y'all's gambling content yeah. at some point. <laughs> no, I've seen you like I know that you just hate all gambling content. Which, yeah, like, yeah, it's not it's not directed at y'all. It's just yeah, 
Well, and hopefully but, not. But actually, I don't know if y'all do that. I think I just assumed that y'all were doing like uh, barstool esque gambling content, which to me, yeah. I, I think that that is like irresponsible. Is what is how I see that. Yeah. Um, well, because we do have like, we'll have people DM us on Twitter and they're like, "Hey, I'm looking for." like a third leg to this parlay. Do you have any advice? And I'm like, no, like I'm not telling you who to bet on with your yeah. money. Like do whatever you want. We're, we're very upfront that we're not a tout service. We will give our liens, but we're not giving picks. We're not a tout service. We don't claim to be, we're not sharp. We'll give you our records, but we, we don't, it, it, first of all, it's not legal in Texas. So there is some sidewinding we have to do. Obviously, well, it's legal to bet in Texas. It's not legal to be a bookmaker in Texas. Right. Right. It, and everyone's like, oh, do you have a book? It's like, dude, you can Google bet online or Bovada. <laughs> like, you don't need me to tell you a book. Yeah, I feel like we have cops in our DMs all the time. They're like, yeah. hey, I'm not a cop or anything, but like, who's your bookie? And I'm like, yeah. no. Yeah, I, I do remember find one time y'all y'all I, I, y'all gained a lot of respect for me now that I'm thinking about it. Whenever... Um, I think someone was trying to make y'all an affiliate. Yeah. Uh, uh, which and, book was and, that? And that is a tricky deal. That's a tricky deal because yeah. there's there's an affiliate for people who are listening is like uh, websites that will put a sports book ads on there. And if someone clicks from their website and goes to that sports book and loads up money, the website will get a kickback. And sometimes it's just based on a click. Sometimes it's based on losses. Actually, a majority of them are based on losses from people that go to their website and click. And so the person who's an affiliate actually is incentivized to put out horrible information because the more the people lose, the more money they're going to make. And like that to me, that is the kind of stuff that I'm out on. And and like, I wouldn't be doing this if I thought y'all were doing that, yeah. you know? And so I remember what y'all had early on, this was like a year's almost a year plus ago. Y'all said something about that to me. And I kind of like went on a thing and I was like, only do it if, you're one of the people who just get it per person who signs up and has nothing to do with people's losses because that is to me yeah. was, and like unethical and like irresponsible. It was bet yeah, us was. and they offered both. They bought, they offered both. They said, Hey, we'll give you this for a certain amount of time and then it'll be uh, based yeah. on the handle and the losses. And My yeah, new, I thought that was yeah. weird. So bet us yeah. if you want to, yeah, y'all getting just y'all asking, like just having like the self-awareness to be like, what is this? You know? And, and yeah, like asking me about it, I gained a lot of respect. But speaking of being triggered by gambling content, tech podcast, there is a current tech podcast, the Locked On podcast, triggers me to the highest amount because they have betting stuff. So they had first they had Bet Online was a sponsor that they were pushing, and that's okay. I'm I'm okay with Bet Online. Um, they actually take bets. They won't take my college baseball or my FCS. And I can only bet like $20 on NFL, which makes no sense because I'm a lifetime loser in the NFL. But at least they will take action. But right now they're doing FanDuel when no one in Texas can even use FanDuel. Right. So I don't even – I'm like – and then their their intro for Bet Online is like, if you want all the info, go to Bet Online. If you want the right information, if you want to stay up to date, I'm like, what? It's a sports betting. It's a – like there's no information there. They're trying to take your money. I don't know. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm very uh, sensitive to that kind of stuff for no reason, but. I think you have good reasons and I think that all makes sense. I, I don't, I don't think anybody 
going on a podcast, going on Twitter and being like, you know, bet the mortgage that, you know, I, I think that's kind of dumb. Like, I don't think anybody really enjoys that content. And I also think it's like, if you're actually good enough at betting on sports to make money on it, you're not telling people in all caps on Twitter what to hammer like yeah, every not. weekend, you know? So I just, I, I think most people are able to see through that, but anyway. Yeah. No, it's actually, it's the, the exact opposite. The people who win do not, I mean, the example is the, the Baron Morton thing. Like people who have an edge do not want to talk about their edge and do not want anyone else to know about it because if it gets out there, it'll go away. Yeah. So like, we had, we had one that someone was talking about this past year that we were doing at high volume at, at uh, and it was, it's like the most hilarious thing ever. It's team to score first in college basketball. And we were just betting on teams who had the taller guy doing the jump ball. And, and there was a certain limit to it. And it was normally like three to five inches. And so if a guy like there was a member, Norchad Omir, he was a guy that yep. we wanted really bad and he ended up going to Miami. And he was like, he's really short and he's an athlete. But when he's going up against a guy that's like seven foot, he loses the jump ball. Um, and he was like, so there's just like Purdue has a seven foot two guy that wins every jump ball. And some people started talking about it. And then the market like the our edge was gone. Like we were we were playing him. And then because the, the way those lines are generated is just based on the spread. So a 10 point favorite has the same odds to score first as all 10 point favorites would have the same odds. It didn't they didn't take into account the size of the people doing the jump ball. And uh, once it got out there on a, uh, it was, it got out there on some telegrams and Twitter, the, they figured it out and it was gone. So like, that's the people who win, they don't want anyone to know how they're winning. You know, it makes no sense. Yeah. Right. I mean, Kyle does go full stew finer every once in a while, but so I don't even know what that means to be honest with you. That's the barstool guy who like drools and slobbers (laughs) and he like, has the chains and he like yeah. has a seizure and he gives out a <laughs> You ever seen Two for the Money? No, I'm totally unfamiliar with, with what y'all are. Matthew McConaughey? That, it doesn't sound like me, but. Stu Finer had a uh, sports betting, like, uh, they call it tout service. He would give away picks. You would pay for the picks and then they would give you the picks and then you would bet the picks. You would hmm. basically pay them money to make your picks. Yeah. yeah. And, and and while we're on that, if yeah. there's people here who do that, don't do it. Yeah. That that is a, a scam. There there's one uh, paid tout service that is worth doing, but you you can't actually do it because if a, if a person's putting out a pick on a tout service, if it's actionable, the line moves instantly. Like literally instantly. So there's one that's called Right Angle Sports or RAS, the acronym is RAS, mm-hmm. and they are legit. They they're they, they're legit. And when they put out a pick, you literally have about three seconds to bet it yep. and, or, or it moves. So there's two options. You're either buying picks from someone who does not move the market. So therefore you're going to lose and you're paying to lose, or you're buying picks from someone that you, the line moves instantly. And a normal person who has a, a regular job, they cannot feasibly bet those before they move. So the pick selling business is just a total racket. I mean, it's just a complete racket. Well, yeah, I mean, just think about it. If you're if you're some guy who knows, you know, how to win bets for like an NFL game, let's say, are you going to make more money betting tens of thousands on that information that you know, or like charging people $50 a month to like, it makes no sense. If they if they could win on that bet that they're selling you, they would just do it with their own money and make way more than you're paying them on it. 
So, it, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. That Red Angle Sports guy is on um, VSIN every once in a while. Yeah, and he does some releases. Yes. Chernoff. They just hired Chernoff. Yeah. Yeah. And they will, they go real quick. And so, so I do right angle sports just because I'm someone who's able to uh, bet them at the numbers that they give out. And even when you like, they, you'll, like, it's not even, I can only do it in certain accounts because if you do it, you, they're going to call you and be like, hey, you're done, man. Like, yeah. if you bet over 142 and the line ends up 147, they're, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to bet with that person much longer. It's not, you know what I mean? So even if you're, even if you're able to benefit from it, you're not long-term. Like I would rather have my account that I can bet uh, team to score first college basketball, Donovan Smith unders and college baseball for, for 10 years than be able to get on one college basketball total. That's a, you know? Yeah. I think tech Hoopsie, I think we've actually had that similar conversation in the DMS. Like it's kind of like blackjack, even if you're an advantage player and you know how to count cards and, make money like one it's going to take you hours and hours potentially because even if you're counting the cards correctly you could still kind of have some bad luck but as soon as they figure out that you're an advantage player like when you're shoving five hundred dollars after you're betting the table minimum for an hour like they're going to cut you off before like you're not you can't go to that table every day and you know make a living doing that so yeah um, no that 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 is it it's you're exactly right there's an there's like i I call it there's a distinction between the like the science of sports betting the science to me that's figuring out what a good bet is. And then the art of it is the, like the mechanics of actually getting money on it and then being able to continue to get money on it over time, even though it has an edge. And the, the first part, like the science, the figuring out the good bet, that part is easy. Like the, what I just said about the team to score first, like, do you have to be smart to realize that the uh, guy, taller guy is more likely to win a jump ball? No. Uh, But eventually, but the hard part is like, is keeping your accounts alive. And so, what I have to do is I kind of have um, like I, I do a rotation. So like some days some accounts get the good stuff and then some days they get the bad. Like you have to push, you have to make bad bets. So like I advocate against parlays. I do. I bet parlays because if, I, if I'm catching too much heat on a book, I'll put some parlays in there just to, <laughs> just to, you know, you have to like do something. That's how I know I'm a lifetime losing NFL better because I'll play NFL into my accounts just to look like a normal person you know, to keep them alive. Do, do you just, ever, do you ever bet for entertainment like on a, on a national anthem over or no, anything like that? I bet the only thing I bet for entertainment is UFC. Okay. So I, I will bet that is when I turn into like, I just, you know, I just like pick a guy and bet on him, you know? And, and I mean, I, I follow, I like it to watch it. It's just really entertaining. So I, that is what I, I have no edge there. I know I don't have an edge, but I still bet it because I think it's, awesome to watch a UFC fight that you have money on. But the other stuff, uh, I don't even watch them, you know? I mean, like I've got I've got college basketball stuff going now. I don't watch them. I have to watch my baseball stuff because that's the stuff I'm, I need to have like a handle on, but uh, I'm not like sweating it. Like, a, like what you're talking about, you know, the, the, and the recreational better. I mean, I need to have a, I need to come to grips with it. It's okay for people to bet on something for the entertainment and know that they're not getting a, uh, they don't have an edge. You know, there's a reason why people go to the movies and buy a $10 candy. You know, they're getting screwed on that, but they're, it's an entertainment thing, you know? Right. Um, and I, but it's like, for me, I just don't do that other than UFC. It's going to become more and more prevalent too, especially if the, uh, the Texas house uh, gets in line with what they think they're going to get in line with, with app betting. 
coming uh, soon. Yeah, but and, and that won't change my stuff because right. those places, I mean, if I had it, like I was talking about those kiosks earlier, you can bet with some anonymity into kiosks, but if Texas became legal and I went and the college basketball stuff that I get, if I went to somewhere and started like hammering them on that, it would not take long for them to cut me. And so the place that you can actually bet a lot of money on is with these, your, you know, Vinny at, at down the street, right. you know, that's the guy that you, that I would still be using those guys, even if legal, I would probably mix it in, you know, like if a kiosk was near me, I would probably be driving more, you know, but, uh, I would still have to be using the Vinnies of the world just because legal books, they're, they're frauds. They don't take, they, they don't take bets from, if they think you have a pulse, you're gone. They only want the people following Barstool. Right. That's what I meant. You, you'll have to come yeah. to grips more with the entertainment better just because it's going to be more prevalent uh, and everybody, well, everybody will bet. Yeah. yeah and, and hopefully, you know, it, it, it would be great because what they do, whenever they come to a state, it's honestly like a gold rush type. Well, they for them to get market share, they have to do these marketing ploys and bonuses, and like and you actually can win, like uh, any person. You know, you'll, yeah. it'll be maybe like one if you deposit five hundred and you uh, make twenty bets, they'll double your money that you put in there. Mm-hmm. And like you, that even a normal person, if they're smart about it, can like make quite a bit of money in that initial kind of run when the when the sportsbooks are new to a place and they're trying to get, pick up market share. Like that happening in Colorado, uh, people, they're called bonus hunters. People like that know how to take advantage of the bonuses, just go there and they open up a million accounts and you can, can really make some money doing that for a short period of time. Rob, I have one last question for tech hoops guy. Um, so Rob and I did a bit two football seasons ago where, uh, yeah, here we go again. We did like, I feel like every week it got worse and worse, but like it started with like a, a six leg all chalk money line. Can't miss parlay. And yeah. then it was like 11 legs, 17 legs. How much do you hate the 17 leg all chalk money line parlay? I mean, like, like, is there a worse, is there a bet? I think they were, I think they were one and eight that season. Uh, there, there is no worse bet. And, and like, like, cause it's number one, the bet, like the, in the individual bets are bad. Right. Most likely. Yes. Odds are they're, they're bad. Yes. And then, but what you're doing is you're, the parlay is just creating leverage. So you're just like multiplying the negative edge you have by a lot. You know, if you just bet them all individually, you would have a small negative edge, small, 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 but instead you're just multiplying that negative edge by so much that you just, so just for example, and I think it's Pennsylvania um, on a, on, on, we call it a straight bet, you know, Cowboys minus three, minus 110. Uh, they will hold, the sports book will hold on to like five to 6% of those bets. So for every dollar bet, they'll keep about six cents. Parlays, they hold 20 cents. So that they make four times the amount on a parlay versus the straight bets because of the negative edges leverage. It's trading on leverage. So it's just, I mean... It's bad. It's yeah. really bad to be doing that. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I, if I, each bet individually had an edge and you parlayed them, that's good. And, and I'm saying that there's always exceptions. Like when I'm betting Little League, I have to parlay them because in order for me to – it's such a small market that that is the way for me to get down more money is by parlaying my bets together. But I, I think they have in edges individually 
and so I'm parlaying them. So there's I, always. I, I loved your reaction when I said that we did yeah. a bit uh, like that. You're like, here we yeah. go again. Yeah. But, uh, you were just like a couple weeks ago. We tried to mix it up. We tried to change things, and we, what we did is we did this little bit. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that, that that was yeah, that was an unabashed, unashamed bit. Uh, but Rob, I think that's all I have. I I I really enjoyed it. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, just I know we went on like a really sidebar tangent they were talking about different gambling stuff but uh, i had a lot of fun i think our listeners will like this a lot um if you if you really want to manufacture beef as a bit with uh from here it's potable and gauchos uh we're down to get dragged on red raider sports i could i think from here it's potable could learn a lot about uh, (laughs) podcast just everything i mean this is a top top notch operation we'll have you both on sometime maybe to preview the uh, football season that'd be fun yeah that'd be a lot of fun I would just yeah. want to see us get dragged on, like the people who took it, the beef seriously. I'd want to see all the haters on Red Raider Sports who can't stand the Gauchos bits. All the haters, well, losers. I'm sure, I'm sure Discord would be anti-FIP because we, on, we, you know, for well, um, I don't think I don't so. Know. <laughs> I think they might, uh, as a bit, take y'all's side. Uh, I think a lot of the people in the Discord uh, are also message board subscribers generally, but probably Red Raider Sports. I'm sure they listen to y'all and like y'all. Um, but yeah, it, it is like a home turf kind of thing. Like the people on Red Raider Sports are going to yeah. say that the Red Raider Sports podcast is way better, and you know, vice versa, perhaps. But um, I don't know. I think our, our Discord would probably say that from here it's potable is better than the Gauchos. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't get a lot of support uh, from the administration at Red Raider Sports. We're, we aren't. We, we were. Oh. Uh, we were shunned as the official podcast. They they went and got someone else some other podcast to become the official podcast over, yeah. over us. And it was kind of a tough blow. Yeah. Did you guys not take that very well? Uh, one member did not take it, <laughs> took it a lot harder than the other. Let's just say that. Yeah. But yeah, we collectively, we did not take that very well. Well, there's some uh, opportunities for some content networks. If you, uh, if you're looking. What's that? I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it off here. <laughs> All I right. think Rob's trying to pitch again, you on something. Again, I said final thoughts about uh, 30 minutes ago, so yeah, you did. I was dead on You're there. Right. You're right. So, uh, okay, now I need clarification. Did, did we go 30 minutes as a bit, or was that a yeah, genuine yeah. conversation? And that it was it. See, it was genuine, though. That's what happens. Yeah, it was. You're right. <laughs> Hard to tell sometimes, huh? I've been trying to close this thing for like 20 minutes. So. I know. I know you always <laughs> do, and I just sit here and ramble. But Kyle, you're the one that closes it, buddy. You know, uh, we're gonna, this right here? This is a goalpost that Crabtree oh. ran into. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. How did you get that? I stole it. <laughs> Legit? Look at that. Here's it. That's it. Isn't that one of the two commandments that you said was a, uh, a deal yeah. breaker? Stealing. Yeah. Well, not for I mean, yeah. I not for me. We thought it was coach. That's hilarious, dude. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. It was a lot of fun. And uh, if you're down, we'll, we'll bring you back during – Maybe conference play or something, or, yeah, or the yeah. Little League World Series, or, or post uh, postseason. Yeah, yeah literally, hey, if you well, I, we I probably won't do Little League World Series to be honest. Oh, yeah, that's. Fair. I mean, well, if surely your listeners won't bet and impact the market in a negative way, so we, we maybe could. All right, or we can just bring you on for like a recap when it's over to tell us. You yeah, can, well, like, I'll, give post us a recap them. I'll post them in the Discord. I mean, I'll, okay. I'll put uh, the picks as they're happening in the Discord. Patreon.com slash awesome. gambling gauchos. Yeah, that's yeah. A, new mem- a new membership perk. Tout service. Um, but anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Hey, well, we appreciate you coming on. That was a lot of fun, and uh, we hope to do it again sometime. Yep. All right. Love you all.